This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Schmittler's Pest Control. Schmittler's Pest Control Company specializes in shrew extermination and are the number one pest control company in the Tri-County area. Hello, I am Randolph Schmittler. The hook nose shrew is a foul pest. Our eradication techniques are what people would call duro. We march through your neighborhood and put marks on doors of households infested with the shrews. Then we gather them all together, isolating them from the other populations. The trick is to break the spirit of the shrew. After that, we put them to work building und tiny little camps. Finally, we come to our final solution. Many people say they have never heard of a shrew infestation, and to that we say, you're welcome. Schmidtler's Pest Control. Call for a consultation today. Hello, and thank you for cracking another road soda. 99 road sodas on the wall. Mm -hmm. Let's never, ever take one down. On this episode, turn your house instantly into a hotel. And if a lady asks you to wax her balls, mm -hmm. just do it. <laughs> I'm Isaiah Cooper. With me is Justin Mitchell. That's me. That's right. Not Greg McGinnis. Guys, on this podcast, uh, today on this episode... I do identify as Greg McGinnis. Ah! <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's a man that identifies as Greg McGinnis, mm -hmm. uh, but is Justin Mitchell. Um, that's right. Greg was not able to join us on this episode this week. He had some family in town. You know, things happen. That's what happens. Mm -hmm. uh, but Justin Mitchell... And I know I've mentioned his name a number of different times on the podcast. Uh, because without Justin, this podcast would not be the podcast that it is. He has provided not only the equipment for how this podcast functions. Because if he did not, uh, I mean, I'm sure I would have done something by now. Sure. But when this podcast started, it was it was being recorded on a, a headset uh the microphone headset with an iPhone mm -hmm. is how it was being recorded onto the computer. Um, but Justin gifted us a very nice uh, um, microphone, perfect for podcasting, mm -hmm. that we've been using ever since. And it's beautiful, amazing. And then a lot of people might not know this, but he also composed the music that is the intro. The music that you heard at the very beginning intro into this, he made that music. And... Though you did make it for something different. Uh, you made it for... Yeah, technically I made it for Squatters. Made it for Squatters, right. which was a web series that I did mm -hmm. uh, a while back. Uh, everyone, actually, if you ever, if anyone ever wanted to see any of that Squatters stuff, it was me and a group of friends made some internet videos. Uh, we, sh we should have been more consistent with it. Honestly, they were pretty good. If we were consistent with it to this day, I'm sure it would be something a little bigger. Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, that's... You learn, learn as you as you go. But here we are. And if you ever want to go back, it's called S. It's S K W O T E R S on YouTube. But anyway, that's what the original stuff was made for. And mm -hmm. then you 
Uh, and then I've just used it for, you know, the podcast. Ever I since. made it for you, man. It's a great fucking intro. It's per- it's the perfect intro for whatever the fuck we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. It really feels like a uh, uh, sitcom you know, yeah. like old school, like, and then there's this guy, right. and, you know, like, and yeah, there's, hey, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I, that is exactly, I remember that was like what I told you. I was like, mm-hmm. hey, can you make something like mm-hmm. this? Yeah. And that was, and you did, dude. You mm-hmm. produced the perfect fucking song. I remember that. And... Which I've been meaning, I've been really wanting to record a version two now that I have much better equipment. Yeah. And like I've, I've really wanted to, but then I feel like it might lose its charm. There's like I'm terrified it. that it, yeah. If you do, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I'm willing to, I think that would be mm-hmm. a lot of fun to mm-hmm. have people like, you know, have it here. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there is something about that, the original mm-hmm. one. And dude, but thank you so much at short notice. I told you on, um, I think Thursday. it was Thursday. I said, mm-hmm. "Hey, would you be interested in recording the podcast with me?" Uh, Greg can't do that on on Saturday, and uh, you know, you said yeah. And not only did you say yeah, but you came well. As people are going to hear, uh, you came well prepared. Like we, uh, yeah. nothing is missing from this episode, guys. We're we're gonna do the Millennial Book Club mm-hmm. because guess what? Justin watched Instant Hotel for this episode. Yeah. To be fair, I had just gotten my wisdom teeth out on Wednesday, yeah. so I had literally nothing else I to had do. Needed, I needed yeah, something. I needed something, man. So Justin watched, uh, and, and he came prepared with a with a uh, the numbers segment as we always do. With the I didn't come prepared. I overtook it, and I feel a little bad yeah, about you, it. He yeah. ran it. Yeah. Uh, you did exactly what was you you went above and beyond as. Justin does. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the thing. Anyway, guys, so that's also before we did that, we did a little bit of, uh, of listener mail here. Last week we were talking about um, in passing, in passing, I said uh, that Madonna sucked. <laughs> uh, I think it was during Anima, uh, when we were talking about Anima, I mm-hmm. think something happened and I said, uh, but I was already in like a blind rage, rage anyway. <laughs> and so any, literally anything that Greg would have tossed at me, I would be like, sucks, sucks, <laughs> sucks, right? <laughs> and uh, Grant also wrote in and he wrote an email and all the email says just says, yeah, Madonna sucks big time. That's just the, that's just oh, the subject, but there's no body to it. Nice. So there's that out there, which... <laughs> I don't know if that's, uh, she does, I know she, she sucks, but I don't know, like, <laughs> r- literally, right? she does a lot of that, I'm sure. I mean, I guess. She's a very sexually active lady. I feel like, she, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, guys, if you ever want to write in the, into the podcast like Grant did, because Grant's an awesome listener, thanks Grant, uh, you can do that by writing to roadsodamail at gmail.com, and then we, you know, um, I know there's somebody that listens pretty regularly in New Zealand, but they won't write into the show. Man, that would be great. I would love for them please, to write. whoever you are, whoever write you are. in in response to this episode, please. And because also I would love to send you a postcard. If you send me your mailing address, I'll send you a postcard. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can write into the show, um, roadsodamail at gmail.com. If you give us your mailing address, we'll send you a postcard as a thank you. And uh, you can hang it on your refrigerator and show other people. You could take a pi- And if you take a picture of it and you send it to us, then we'll post it on our Instagram. And mm-hmm. that's always fun. So, uh, I think that's that's about it. I, I mean, you you yeah. you you're, uh, yeah yeah. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Smuggle Buddy. 
the number one smuggling app. Download Smuggle Buddy and easily smuggle everything. Drugs, people, and drugs in people. With Smuggle Buddy, tracking your paraphernalia has never been easier. Know what's on the ground, in the air, and in the toilets at all times. Expense tracking, airfare, supplies like baggies and laxatives, all at your fingertips. I'm a mule, and I raise death every day from a rupturing drug-filled condom in my stomach. Last thing I need is a missed payment from my coyote. For mules, Smuggle Buddy is a game changer. Mules can pair with dealers and coyotes, track frequent flyer miles, and with the seamless payment feature, you will have your money before the last baggie hits the toilet water. Thanks, Smuggle Buddy! Smuggle Buddy, your one-stop shop for smuggling solutions. A Popco brand. This just in, special report, Mr. Justin. Yeah. Justin Mitchell. That's my name. It is. It is your name. This is some brand new stuff. And uh, this was very this was very serendipitous, as they would say. Mm. Because, if you didn't know, this is episode 99. Mm-hmm. And so this fit very, uh, very nicely with 99. 99 cent shoe drop. What? Yes, Adidas 99 cent shoe, uh, sorry, 99 cent sneaker drop creates frenzy in Nalita. Okay, first of all, where is that? I believe it's like uh, California. So what happened was, this is, that was actually a, a bad article for it. Um, just one second. So what happened was they partnered with Arizona Iced Tea, you know, Arizona Iced Tea. Oh man, Ice those tea. shoes looked cool. They do look really cool. They, look cool. they do look really nice. Yeah. They, they look like a can of the regular Arizona green tea. Right. You know? And yeah, that they're they're 99 cents because uh, it's a special promotion. They partnered with Arizona Iced Tea and every, you know, all the Arizonas are mm -hmm. 99 cents. Mm -hmm. So the shoes are 99 cents. Uh, the Lower East Side in Manhattan. The NYPD had to respond after special 99 cent sneakers at a pop-up store caused a frenzy in Manhattan. The incident was reported at highly anticipated... Uh, at the highly anticipated Adidas Arizona Iced Tea pop-up near Spring Street around 9 a.m. Thursday. So I, I said that was in California, Nalita. It's not. It's actually, actually, I don't know what Nalita was at all. But this area is, yeah, it's the Lower right. East Side in, in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually where, like, the Comedy Cellars is really close to oh, yeah. Yeah, that area of Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, the theme sneakers were set to be released Thursday at 11 a.m. for less than a dollar. Video from the Citizens app uh, showed lines of people around the block standing in the rain. The estimated several hundred, if not 1,000 people showed up to get their hands. I'm sure it was more than that. There's mm -hmm. just 1,000 people on the street at any given time. Yeah, you know? yeah, so for sure. Oh, what are you talking about? Uh, but yeah, I guess they had to shut down the whole thing. Dude, that, people are just going to take these shoes and immediately turn on. As, as a matter of fact, I, I'm going to use my my handy dandy iPad to Google uh, to see. Yeah, if yeah, you can, wanna, if you can try to just go on eBay and see if you can find the 99 cent shoe. And uh, let's see. Police say two people were assaulted. Of course they were. Let's see. Let me guess. Trampled while waiting in line for shoes. A 17 year old. Honestly, man, seeing them, I would like them. Three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars. What now? I'm not math magician, but what's the percent increase on that? Three hundred percent. Is it three? 
<laughs> what is the markup? <laughs> wow, you're really smart. Uh, it's a see. big deal. Hey, I do want to just if I as a yeah. as a non sequitur, um, eBay is fucking stupid yeah. because it says we found something similar. What is similar? Sale Birkenstocks. No, Birkenstocks are not similar to, to Adidas. Adidas Arizona, I, like <laughs> no sneakerheads, like add that to the bin. That's the <laughs> you know? fucking Birkenstocks yeah. Arizona. Maybe I'll wear one on each foot, just really, you know. Maybe uh, yeah, eBay's get, probably got what the worst uh, AI algorithm. Oh my for, god, look at this! It's just nothing but Birkenstocks. Now it's nothing but Birkenstocks. Well, maybe you were looking for Birkenstocks before. Oh, they is have, there something you want to tell us? I, Are you uh, a, a no? I just I just figured it out. It's because the the algorithm must be pulling from the title. Right. Like it's category shoe and the title Arizona is a style of Birkenstock. Oh, or the Birkenstock Arizona. So maybe it's That's not right. so. It maybe it's not so people. People also searched for. Yeah, you know what? I gotta tell you though. If oh, I can leave feedback on our suggestions. <laughs> I think I will. I think well, I will. I gotta yeah. tell you though. You know, if you're gonna get if you're gonna get sneak or if you're gonna get slipper or what are they called sandals? Sandals. You get chacos. <laughs> what are they called? The chacos are where chacos. I, I agree. I like chacos. Let's see. Arizona Ice Tea. This is a tweet from that. It says thanks to the loyal fans that came out to support our partnership with Adidas due to the overwhelming demand and safety concerns <laughs> the NYPD shut down our pop-up. We're sincerely apologize to the fans away the line we are actively working to remedy the situation. So they're probably just going to do this in a different place. Maybe, mm-hmm. how about not in the middle of the fucking street with yeah, traffic? how about online? Online? Buy a ticket and we'll ship it to you or, I, or you even know, if, or... if you got to do it in person uh, do it in a park. Where you can have hordes of people gather around and you're not stopping me going to fucking work. Or, you know, like, <laughs> right. that. Oh, man. But I would definitely buy those shoes. They were really cool. Especially you... if they were only 99 cents. Especially if they were 99 cents. Next up, our, your own podcast. Mm. Is that something you want? Learn to start a podcast from NPR producers. Oh, and they have just too many. Have you noticed? Don't they? Like, I, I, I mean, like maybe like five years ago, I was like, yeah, I listen to all of them. You know, because I, I really, I probably did. You know, yeah. like Freakonomics, and I had they had how to how to make everything uh, or uh, how to do everything. I had like the TED Radio Hour and like you know This American Life, and now they have like eighteen thousand podcasts, and it's like it's hard to keep up with. It is hard to keep up with because they just take every single. <clears throat> Every single radio show they mm-hmm. already have, and they mm-hmm. just go, now it's a podcast, yeah, right? Yeah, The entertainment landscape is changing, and more users are looking to podcast, uh, looking to podcast to get their fix. I guess they just have producers are, are going to start teaching, uh, mm-hmm. doing these online classes. Let's see. Between the equipment, recording software, writing hurdles, though, starting your own podcast can be a bit daunting. It's just like anything else, man. It's, it is hard to get into things. But people build it up more than it is. When this podcast you know started, when Road Soda started, mm-hmm. it was nothing but an iPhone head pair of iPhone headphones yeah. plugged into a computer, and you just got to talk. Because if you sure. have good stuff, people will listen. Yeah. And, you know, I was going to say, I think about this a lot. Like, um, sometimes I, I, as I'm making music, I worry about, like, the gear that I may or may not have access to. And I remember that, like, one of my favorite bands, Boards of Canada. Right. Is, like, these There's two, a poster right here on your wall. That's right. right. Yeah. Two brothers from Scotland with, like, literally non-name brand synthesizers from the 70s. They bought at thrift stores and, and like, these crappy tape recorders. And they would they would sample weird things or they'd sample guitar. Are you telling me they're not even from Canada? They're not from Canada. <laughs> Boards of Canada, I believe, is a, a, a similar to PBS in Canada. It's, like, nature oh. documentaries. So they were inspired by... 
these nature documentaries from the 70s, these like VHS Trying to ride those, those coattails of that, that big uh, Boards of Canada. That's right, following. <laughs> yeah, following, yeah. But so anyways, you're, you're absolutely right. To make it real short, you're right. You just need to, to do it. Put yeah, it out there. Just and, do it. And if it has merit, I think people will like it, you know? I think you're, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with everybody right now. Uh, those episodes had... Uh, magnitude to more listeners than these the our current episodes did. did they really yeah well it was a different time it was i was coming off the the oh, vine the AT, thing yeah and the vine, and the vine yeah. thing and so mm-hmm. i was uh kind of funneling everybody in here so it was a little different then and then my fault for completely stopping because i would go out and do the traveling thing again and um so mm-hmm. it would sit dead in the water and trans waxing bollocks love it what does that sound like does trans that sound like, so wa- what I'm doing here, when I'm uh, explaining, uh, let's explain what that came from. I have all the links to the articles on a on an Evernote with a little headline, and that little headline just says "trans waxing bollocks," and then want to know what what do you think that so means before I click it? Here's the deal: when I think of trans, uh-huh. I think of two things. I think of like transcontinental, like something, right? Or, mm-hmm. or I think of like transgender. Yeah. So what do you so, think this article is going to be? So I'm assuming that I mean, embolics or balls. I'm, yeah. th- I'm assuming uh-huh. testicles. Well, you're not wrong. So I'm assuming that this is transgender ball waxing. Canada's bizarre trans waxing controversy. Oh my god! Female waxers are being branded transphobic because they refuse to wax a trans woman's bollocks. Wait, so trans woman meaning it was a man but is now identifies as a woman but has testicles still. I, I don't know, but I'm, I don't know what you just said, but I'm offended by it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to keep up. Uh, for proof that the woke war on common sense and decency is now completely out of control. This comes from an uh, this comes from a place mm-hmm. called Spiked. Uh, this is SpikedOnline.com. So obviously, there there this article is made with the point of view that this is a little outrageous. Right. right? right this right, wasn't yeah. an article just like. And uh, so when I'm reading, which I agree, this is a little outrageous, um, completely out of control, look no further than the Canadian trans waxing controversy. A born male identifies as female and whose male genital is still intact, that (laughs) is exactly what you said, is suing female-only waxers on the basis that their refusal to wax his bollocks. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I just say balls. So they won't wax his testicles. Right. Her <laughs> testicles. I'm sorry. Nice catch. You know, it's like if I went and asked somebody to, to wax my tits. Mm-hmm. They wax my tits, man. Mm-hmm. I Brendan, think they're probably their okay pecs, with it. Pecs <laughs> the pecs. The pecs, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a deep dive there. Um, and um, and so this guy is now, so he go, or sorry, this this lady, this fine <laughs> Ma'am. Sorry, all I can think of is now this is Coach McGurk. <laughs> yeah, Coach McGurk. <laughs> just trying Ma'am. to get his balls wa- waxed. Brady, can you wax well, my I just, wax I, my I don't ball. understand why you won't wax them. I just that is a that is an old Adult Swim mm-hmm. uh, home movies reference. Which is what it is. you know who that was voiced by? Um, ben John H. Benjamin. Yeah, that's right. Yes, sir. That's right. Check that out. So yeah, what's happening here is this uh, this this male that identifies as a female. But he's it's um, pre-op. He still has all his mm-hmm. uh, materials. Is going to uh, a female-only waxer. So this mm-hmm. this waxer goes. We only wax females. Mm-hmm. And he walks in there and he goes, uh, or sorry, she walks in there and she goes, uh, "Can you wax my bollocks?" 
And she goes, no, because they're balls. Mm-hmm. She goes, we only wax females. She goes, well, I identify as a female. She said, but you have balls. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable handling your mm-hmm. balls, your testicles. Right. The th- I don't feel comfortable. And so now she's, and so now the lady that wants to, that doesn't want to do the waxing because she doesn't feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. Is now wrong. Here's the and thing. being sued. Here's why I'm going to tell you why she is not transphobic. Because, okay. and, and this is this is for real. Okay. I, I feel strongly about some of these issues, and I'm not going to get super political, but, but I am going to say the reason she is not transphobic is because if a man walked in uh-huh. and just said, her answer would be the same. Her answer wasn't, you're trans, yeah. I don't want you in my store. It was, you Look have testicles, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't, what you said, I don't feel comfortable. And we're all also kind of like uh, assuming the way uh-huh. that she approached it. But if a man walked in and said, "I want to be waxed," he's like, I, "I'm sorry, we don't we don't do testicles here. Mm-hmm. You, you got to leave." You know what I'm saying? And and so I don't think I don't think that that has anything to do with her hatred for people in their gender identity or mm-hmm. their gender politics, right? She's just mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, we don't do dicks here. Get out." You know, dude, that's really yeah. it's really it's really a strange uh, strange thing. Like I identify as this, but it's not that. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, like, what if you went to a dog groomer and you said, like, uh, hey, you know, baby, hey, baby. Wag, wash me up. I want to. You know. Yeah. yeah. And then the lady's like, but you're not a German Shepherd. Well, you're I, not a dog. I, yeah. And then I, I would say I identify as a German Shepherd, right? You and know? then you say, no, I'm suing you. Yeah, I'm suing you because you don't recognize that I identify as a German Shepherd. And I yeah. really want you to, you know. So who's the outrageous one in there? Uh, her for not yeah, you're w- right. waxing my dog balls. Yeah, exactly. so, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not, just these a, ears are disgusting. I'm not cleaning them. I'm, I'll pay you to do it. It is, lady. yeah. I think it is. It's just, a t- it's such, you know, we're still obviously trying to figure out how to wade through these waters. Sure. We don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like somebody, the the person that is, is suing because of this mm-hmm. is like is there really no part of your brain that thinks that this is wrong like is there really no yeah. part of your brain and that is, thinks like you're being outrageous right now I know I don't have to do this but I just want to be perfectly clear I am not I'm not comparing the idea of identi- identifying as a woman. as you're identifying like a dog I think yeah. to me you are right right so I'm not saying those are the same things I'm saying that the person's logic of walking right. in somewhere expecting to be treated like something that they that you know it's just right. not it's it is it is and then and then to the point where you're demanding money from them Mm -hmm. and filing a lawsuit and suing them yeah that's the other thing it's like it is it's uh yeah it's a bit outrageous uh if you think that's outrageous what about weaponized ticks i like it actually i'm a big fan of this yeah yeah i've never heard of it but i like it lawmakers want the pentagon to investigate a bizarre controversy theory sorry bizarre conspiracy theory that the government weaponized ticks and spread Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. Who wrote this article? Alex Jones? No, it's uh, Stephanie K. Bear. BuzzFeed. This is from BuzzFeed News. Uh, lawmakers are demanding an investigation into an, excuse me, an old conspiracy theory. You know that old conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. It's JFK, uh, the moon landing, and it's weaponized, <laughs> weaponized ticks. ticks. <laughs> you know, oh, the classic. <laughs> uh, one second, let me... Isn't that isn't that just complete insane? Like, who? First of all, who are these lawmakers? Mm-hmm. Who are the lawmakers that are like? What is let's the goal? let's make some laws? Lawmakers, what are you making laws about? What is what are you doing? That the government would you uh, uh, that the government weaponized ticks and caused the spread of a debilitating disease that infects an estimated three hundred thousand Americans each year. Real quick. 
Yeah. Obviously not real quick. Any conspiracy that culls or kills. So the government, so any conspiracy where it is the government that is culling or killing its own people mm-hmm. is automatically bullshit. Because each individual person pays taxes. Each person generates revenue mm-hmm. for that government. There is no person alive that would get rid of the things that generate them revenue. Although, <laughs> except for in like uh, uh, you know some Middle Eastern countries where they might like gas their own citizens, which is right because it's a theory, it's right right it's like a it's different. Of course, yeah, yeah. of course. But yeah, like yeah. the conspiracy theory right. that like right. they sent out three hundred ticks, which is a, it, it kills random mm-hmm. taxpaying Americans, mm-hmm. or like. It's just, it's, it is, you got to think, like, each person that lives in America and works and has a job and everything, mm-hmm. most of their, in, not most of their income, but, like, part portions of their income, everything, they, they own property, it all pays the government. It all sure. goes to the government. There's no way in fucking hell they would just the, randomly kill them. You know, and it would be funny <laughs> if they were like, well, originally we were going to use these to infiltrate Russia, but they can't survive the fucking winter, so... So now we're just going to let them go. And then Tim dumped the tank, and now we can't... We found three of them. And Tuesday was office dog day, <laughs> and they came in, and you know, well, they went home, yeah, and now that's yeah, it. Now it's, all, it's over, yeah. Now it's over. Just in... Uh, conspiracy theories are always fun. Let's do one more. And when I we're going to do one more. I'm going to read the little... Uh, I have three left, mm-hmm. but we're just going to choose one because okay. we've got to wrap this up. We're right. going to wrap this one up. And I want you to choose antiquated punishment, no, not death penalty, or Scotland Yard Twitter, or Robo Ump, short for umpire. Oh, my God. Which one do you want? Which this one do you want to click? very hard, but i got to tell you the antiquated punishment really jumped out at me. Antiquated punishment, no, not the death penalty. The ACLU Kansas... Bizarre and illegal sentence. ACLU seeks to end man's court-ordered exile from Kansas. Oh, no. I say leave it in. That is great. <laughs> I didn't even know this was a thing. I would love to sit judgingly, just like arms crossed, watching someone get exiled. Like, you heard, There's the door, honey. There's you the door. heard him. You are not allowed back yeah. in the beautiful, if beautiful I, state of Kansas where everyone wants to be anyway. Yeah, I swear, <laughs> if I see you step one foot across that county line, I would go so far as to extend the exile law to where if a, if a, if a city... Falls in between, right? right? Like Kansas City is uh, Missouri, Missouri and, and Kansas. Can- you can't be even. Well, you're only on uh-uh, the Kansas honey. side. You're uh-huh. only on the Missouri side. No, you can't even be in the Missouri you can't side. Even be in the no, city. it's too associated. No, its name is here. Kansas City. It's you're right. Kansas City. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Nearly two years ago, he pleaded. So, uh, yeah, near, nearly two years ago, he pleaded guilty to several crimes in a Montgomery County courtyard, but the plea agreement. Had an unusual condition. Leave the state and don't ever come back or risk facing more charges. I tried to find out what the charges were. Apparently, he like was calling out some law officials, like cops or sheriffs, mm-hmm. deputies, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. They, but I believe they must have been high up for doing something, some bullshit. He was trying to be like, call them out. I'm being like, they're doing some corrupt shit. Mm-hmm. And then the judge in the sentencing kicked him out of Kansas, which is basically like, so you were doing some fucked up shit, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. And uh, the judge is also a part of it. And you want this guy out because 
he knows what's going on and you're risking it was it's very cryptic and like this is comes from ACLU Kansas I read the actually read this article uh, for the most part <laughs> uh, as you can see it's so long I'm it kidding. Is very it's, long. It's, yeah it's uh, but it, 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 it from the parts that I read it didn't specifically say what his charges were but that's uh, was three oh, right counts here, yeah. of criminal threat and three misdemeanor counts of filing a false report in 2017 according to the court records. It's like false reports on what? So they were just like, these are false. Mm-hmm. And now, now because you filed false reports, we want you out of Kansas forever. It's Kansas, like, yeah. so basically my reports weren't false. Yeah, that's weird, man. If they're false reports, why do you feel so threatened mm-hmm. by me being here? Mm-hmm. That I might file some more false. They're all false, buddy. Why can't I be here? It's very interesting stuff, isn't it? I'm glad you clicked that one. That was a that was a good one. So that I bet it was about the ticks. It was probably yeah. He probably knew what the fuck mm-hmm. was. You're right. He knew about the ticks. He knew about the mm-hmm. fucking government ticks. This episode is brought to you by Mr. Oxy's Doctor Lean. Hey kids, do you like to get crunk? Of course you do. Drink Mr. Oxy's Doctor Lean, the light and refreshing beverage that is just what the doctor ordered. Find out what makes all your friends cooler than you and grab a can of Mr. Oxy's Dr. Lean. Packed with real sugar, artificial flavoring, and a kick that is sure to knock you out. Five out of five doctors swear by the great taste of Mr. Oxy's Dr. Lean. And why wouldn't they? It has three times the FDA's recommended daily serving of opiates. Drink a Mr. Oxy's Dr. Lean today. A Popco brand. Hey, Justin. Usually people are waiting for Hey Greg, but this is Hey Justin. That's right. Why don't you 99 us? This is a Justin Takeover episode. This is a Justin Takeover So all of these 99s are going to be completely selfishly about me. Hey, you know what? Whatever, however 99 fits into your life. I want to know, how does 99 affect your life? Was it the year? Was it the number? Mm -hmm. Please. Well, first of all, the number, I had 99 beers on the wall. That's Uh for sure. Check that shit out. Yeah. Uh, What about that song by Toto? uh, Africa? 99. That's the only one I know. Dude, isn't that crazy? Yeah. There's a song, and, and at this point, right now on the podcast, I'm going to pause just for a second. Mm-hmm. I'm going to inject that song to play just for a minute. And then I'm going to come back to the podcast. So, yeah, uh, it's because I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know it existed, but it was, it's, I just typed in 99 on, yeah. on Google, and then 99 Toto. I was like, is there, they made another song? Right. So please. <laughs> well, so here's the deal. I, I just want to talk about uh, a few things that um, made me who I was right. at, at 10 years old. So I was 10 years old in 1999, right? I was so that makes 19... you 58. Yeah, 58 okay. and a half. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, right. Well, f- 58 and 7 eighths, I okay. think. Okay, 58 and 7 eighths is the so, proper way to right. say it. You're the smart so man. <laughs> the, the first thing is I, I want to talk about two movies that came out in 1999 that really just expanded my kid mind. And, really? And, yeah, and you have to remember, th- these are not like cerebral, like, you know, amazing film, right? This Please. is like, I was I was 10 years old, 1999. What affects a 10 Number, number right. one, The Phantom Menace, Star Wars Episode One. Holy And shit. I know that people hate on this movie all the time, but you have to understand, I was too young to care about all of the Jar Jar Binks is a dumb character and like the story's bad. He's so stupid. Oh, fuck. You love Jar Jar Binks. My cousin Sean came over and I was going through a really uh, tumultuous time in my family. I was living with my grandmother and I was not happy to live there because I wasn't at my mom's or my dad's. I was with my grand. She didn't want me to be there, but she loved me. So I was there. I'm fine. You're here. My cousin Sean, who I idolized, he was like 17, I think. He was a little older than me. He's the one who got me into comic books and stuff. 
he came over and he was talking about the new Star Wars film and I was like yeah I haven't seen it and he's like get in the car Get so this wow, kid, on a whim. Yeah, this kid, uh, you know, 17-year-old kid on his, like, you know, mall court, food court job money took me out and let me get a soda and a popcorn, and I saw this. And then he explained to me, like, uh, well, the clone troopers are probably going to eventually become the stormtroopers, and, like, you know, Anakin's, the little boy is going to be Darth Vader. And just he, getting in that Star Wars yeah, universe. and man. I was just, like, so excited. And I remember thinking the droids were so cool. I thought Qui-Gon Jinn was a samurai. Like, straight up, he became my favorite fictional Star Wars character of all time just because of, I mean, he, you know, you, uh, Ewan McGregor, right, is the... No, what was the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and McGregor, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, he did a great job. So that's number one. That that was like a huge influence for me and to expand me and get excited about science fiction and, and things like that. Uh-huh. Number two, The Matrix. Uh-huh. My stepdad took me to go see The Matrix, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world when he dodged bullets. Lost Dude, my mind. Dude, my dad took me mind. to see the fucking Matrix, too. Yep. I bring that movie up. I use that movie as the pinnacle of like, it's, it's one of those things that made such an impact in the movie mm-hmm. world. When it came out, it was mind blowing. What really the was. fuck they did yeah. was what, which what the I'm sorry the Wachowski sisters mm-hmm. what they did yeah yeah <laughs> what they did at that time because now it's like if you show a kid that movie now and he's like yeah it's whatever because mm-hmm. it's just they created a, a, a not a paradigm yeah. but like they created a, a, a trope a thing now and, that and they almost like set the pace for every because that was 1999 yeah so wow. for the for for 2000 and on they set the pace for what what is expected of an action movie yeah, right they really did and and the scenes in particular that got everybody like all loaded up was the the scene towards the end where they're infiltrating and uh-huh. they put their bags of weapons on the metal detectors and then that big shootout where they're running right. on the pillars they're running and on their the fucking bi- pillar. yeah yeah and it was just like that amazed me uh-huh. i was like the this and and i know it's crazy because i was so young and i probably didn't understand the concept fully but it, i was i was genuinely can remember being like well, what if this isn't real you know it was like one of my wow. first thoughts of like oh what man this like is, this is a simulation yeah exactly and it I was, was just, just li- I was just trying to I was just been doing back bends in my fucking backyard. I was yeah. not thinking. <laughs> this is real. I was like I could do yeah. back bends. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was it was the, both of those things really influenced my mind and and got me excited. And you know, like uh, um, the the pod racing scene. I, I know I'm going back, but like that was another thing that was like so exciting. You know, so ten uh, year old Justin was definitely stoked on those two movies. It was yeah. funny is those movies were had so much more of an impact on my life, but the movie that won best movie of the year was mm-hmm. Shakespeare in Love which uh didn't see didn't see <laughs> of course yeah you can yeah. everyone in this room yeah. didn't see so, and like the best uh, uh the one that won best director was Steven Spielberg for Saving Private Ryan mm-hmm. huge movie well that was, like, a, that was a good movie yeah you, know? you yeah. can't deny that it's a huge movie it's actually mm-hmm. Greg says that's like his top movie yeah it's one of his top movies but uh for like but what you just said like I, yeah dude the Phantom fucking Menace mm-hmm. in 99 and um the Matrix. So yeah. what else? You said you had a couple of... So the the next thing I want to share are two video games that, okay. that came out in 1999 that uh, changed... I was in fifth grade. And so the, the first one 
is interesting because not only did it make me spend almost every Saturday for the next six years at the Skate Park of Tampa, mm-hmm. but it also oh, was I, an I avenue. I think I know where we're going. Yeah, it was an <laughs> avenue for new music. And I, I know so many people Dude. feel this way. Tony Hawk Pro Skater Tony came Hawk out the very Pro first Skater, one. Yes. And here's what's so great about that. that It wasn't pre-internet, but it was pre-what we have today. Mm-hmm. So the soundtracks that came with those I had never heard of the Misfits. I was in fifth grade. I lived on a ranch, a cattle farm in Orange Grove Ranch. I didn't know who the addicts were. I didn't know who Sublime was. You know, like all this good punk rock. And I Dude, was like, yeah. what? And Flogging even rap. Molly? Yeah, Flogging Molly. Was and it, even yeah, there was good rap on there. Like, and it's like, I remember getting down on that soundtrack more than it inspired me to I wonder who those people were you know? that like put together those soundtracks. Well, like what they actually did for us. Here's what's so fascinating <laughs> though is that um, I, I'm pretty sure Neversoft is the one who developed at least the first two Tony Hawk games who went on to develop Guitar Hero, right? Holy shit. Yeah. So they put more, it's almost like they put more into the music than they did yeah, about everything yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, that's, so anyways, Tony Hawk uh, obviously got me into skateboarding, but but that I, and I still have my longboard that you can see behind yeah. me. I, I don't do trick decks anymore. I I, I don't I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> and no, honestly, I'm, yeah. I, when, I, when I was younger, I was so fearless. I like I, I was like, well, I just did a three set of stairs. Let me try a five set and then like die five times. Be like, well, I guess I can't do it yet. And now I'm bleeding, so I'm gonna stop. And I had this fearlessness and that I don't have at thirty. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, I you're mortal now. <laughs> yeah. My health insurance is not that great. I probably shouldn't try that. Um, and then the, the other game that came out that both inspired me uh, uh, because it scared the hell out of me and because of the music was Silent Hill. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but this guy, uh, to make it super short for the sake of the podcast, this man goes to try to find his daughter. He's led to this town, and this town causes these kind of hallucinations. And, mm-hmm. and, and you're never really sure if these monsters are real or if they're not, but they can hurt you. And so... Mm-hmm. What you end up finding out is that these monsters are all maybe not real. They're reflections of your insecurities and your fears. And and maybe the city is not haunted by this demonic presence. And so it just opens up right. all these questions. You're terrified by these things and you're running from them, but they can't hurt you. And yeah. what does that say about us? You know, yeah. like our fears are being projected and, and we don't do things or we run away from things because... And so not, obviously most of this was through replaying it as an adult. Like, I didn't have all of these realizations as a kid. <laughs> You're a pretty smart kid. No, I, I don't think I had these, but I remember being scared. But you scared. were scared. Yeah and, yeah, and so I remember as a teenager, I was like, oh, man, you know, I remember that game, and I'm going to I'm gonna look into it. I started reading about it, and I think, like, maybe a, a, another edition had come out, the uh, Silent Hill 4 or 5, whatever yeah. it was. And A lot of people would know it from the movie, Most the right. most mainstream. And, and you know what? I will say that the movie does, it basically takes the first two games and kind of puts the stories together and then makes it its own thing. It's actually a good adaptation. Uh, uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh, the book's better, the game's better. But honestly, they were like, look, there's no way we can do you one can't. of these. So we're yeah. going to put two of these together. But it's the same concept, right? Uh-huh. Like, I, I think in there they, they strayed, because it was a, a kind of a blockbuster film, they kind of strayed away from the psycho, uh, uh, analytical aspect of, like, you know, this isn't real. You know, you're, you are you are projecting these. And, like, while these, these demons kind of exist, like, everything you're seeing is what you're afraid of and what you're insecure of. So, anyways, yeah, so is it real? It's real to you. Yeah. And that's it, dude. I've always found that, that video games, movies aren't scary. 
but video games can be very scary because mm-hmm. you it's almost, you, there's a part of your subconscious or there's a part of your consciousness that's like in the video game and so when you're controlling your character mm-hmm. and something pops out at you you're more invested to like jump and be scared video games can be very very scary absolutely yeah very, very you're scary. immersed and you have They're to understand very, too very scary. I was like <laughs> I was probably not allowed to be playing mature rated games at mm-hmm. like 10 years old so I definitely I actually I know for sure that I got this game from my uncle Ricky as a gift uncle Ricky yeah he was the one who got me big into like tabletop D&D gaming and video games and stuff. And I know for sure I was playing this like Saturday night, 2 in the morning with the lights off because I didn't want my mom to Tabletop do. D&D. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, to be fair, we didn't usually play D&D. We played a Star Wars-based game where you made a Star... It, it was all based in the uh, D&D 4, whatever Four the... Or... Yeah, well, there's a... There's different... There's different manuals, and it was based around a specific... Because I don't know a lot about Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, I just know about the Star Wars game. It was based around a very specific set of rules, because uh, there are different rule manuals for D&D, but it was all set in the Star Wars universe. So you could be a bounty hunter, you could be forced adept. If you work super hard, you might be a Jedi. And and so he would create with Legos, before I came over on the weekend, these big things on a table, much like this, Holy which crap. is, uh, we'll say, like six feet by three feet. Yeah. And he would build with Legos. He would cover it with a blanket. And then you come in and be like, oh. No, he would only show parts of it. So, like, here you are. And then now uh, we go to the next room. Oh, shit, it's an ambush. Dude, that is... I really value my Uncle Ricky. He, Dude, he, Uncle Ricky yeah, was got like... me into horror games and good music and, 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 and nerd and really made me feel comfortable about being a nerd, which is something my, my stepdad didn't know how to do. He was never like, you fucking asshole. Nerd. Get out of here, But he was just, loser. he never understood it, you know, right. because he was, he was a, le- my stepdad was a legitimate cowboy, like literally yeah. wrangled cowboys. What So to him, he was just like, I don't see the point in it, you know? But what, if you yeah. have, uh, whatever. Yeah. And then he saw Fifth Element, changed his life. No really? joke. My dad like <laughs> <laughs> the movie fifth element he was like i get it i get, I get it. it i yeah. get it i like yeah. the way you Chris know rock really helped me he got me in die hard yeah. and then yeah. he bring him here and now i yeah. get it bruce willis and chris rock they spoke to me they spoke to um, me that is so so funny. so so those are the two video games and then i uh i have two two tv shows okay. over super and I'm, I'm trying to be quick here a little Yo, bit you're fine man okay check this out the episode of the simpsons where Homer changes his name to Max Powers. This came, came out, out in 1999. So, dude, do you know who's really going to love that? when they Who's that? Greg. Is he really? Greg has, like, most of the episodes up until, like, season 89, I think. Memory is <laughs> committed to yeah. memory of, so, of The Simpsons. So this one is, um, uh, basically, there is a, from what I remember, and, and Greg can can correct me next episode, be like, wrong, wrong. So from what I remember, because I didn't really look it up, is that... Um, uh, I just looked it up to make sure that this season 10 was from 1999, and it was. So uh, there was a cop show, and I think that someone shared the name Homer Simpson, uh-huh. and Homer was getting popularity around town because they were like, oh, yeah, and he was like all <laughs> feeling it because the cop was cool. And I, I think a few episodes in, they made him like an, an idiot. They made the cop like like um, like a Peter Griffin or, right. or a Homer Simpson, if you will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then they all... Uh, so everybody started making fun of him. Uh-huh. And so he changed his name to Max Power. Uh-huh. And then he has that song where it's like, it's the name you want to touch, but you mustn't touch. It's like, who's to touch a name? It's like such a weird thing. <laughs> and he, he's singing the song to himself in, I believe, either in the bathtub or at work. But I just know he's alone and he's singing about his name to himself. And I remember 10-year-old Justin used to sing that to himself. and be like, he's Max Power. I used to like, so Max Power... 
Big moment. Big moment. Number Max two. Power in 99. And this thing not only influenced 10-year-old Justin's mind, it bonded 10-year-old Justin with his stepdad. And for years and years to come, it gave me so much like to think about, so much to reflect on emotionally, and so much to laugh at. And that is Futurama. Futurama. 1999, Futurama came out. Came out. That was the season premiere. premiere. Wow. So yep. you and your pops, you and your step pops yeah. would watch. Because it came on, I believe, after or before The Simpsons. Yeah. And he used to always watch The Simpsons. This is whenever like prime time, it was like Sunday night, Simpsons time, you right. know? Right, yes. And uh, I really wanted to watch this. And I think that he wanted to watch football or something. And he was like, all right, well, we'll give it a try. He thought it was funny. So he started watching this with me after right. The Simpsons. So it was like, I mean, one of the first things that we really laughed Bonded, at together, yeah, you know, and, yeah, because we were so different. And so, uh, yeah, because it's like it brings that like sci-fi element in. And obviously, he right. kind of eased him because in it's Simpson with the Simpson yeah, thing. Yeah. And he kind of fed so, him in the middle. And I mean, like over the years, that that show has had such a large impact on me. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. Um, it, it, it does. I know The Simpsons has some of those episodes that are a little more heavy mm-hmm. and introspective. But I feel like Futurama did that a little bit more, and it was Futurama was a, more of like a Seinfeld show, sure. Whereas, um, whereas, uh, 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 what's it called? The Simpsons is more like a Roseanne show. It's like you have family comedies. Oh yeah, good analogy. Yeah, yeah. you have family mm-hmm. sitcoms, and then you have like mm-hmm. everyday people in living life comedies. Like they're not a family; mm-hmm. they're just a bunch of people. So, and in that way, they are essentially kind of like a family. Sure. But it is it's just different. Those are like the two kind of things that you have. So. Um, and that, and it's cool that they filled those two little voids, but that, yeah. The Simpsons and and Futurama, Futurama man. Yeah, and then the last thing I just want to throw out there is that uh, there are two there's two albums that meant a lot to me at ten years old in in 1999. One of them was um, uh, Battle for Los Angeles, which is Rage Against the Machine album. The reason that made so meant so much to me, I was skateboarding my ass off. You learned about Hawk. it from Tony That's Hawk, right. and it was one of the first uh, parental advisory that I was allowed to get. And oh shit. Zach De La, is Zach DeLaRocca is his I name? Know, I, I believe know. he curses a lot and mm. he's angry and I was angry because I, I like every kid, I, I had it so rough, you know what yeah. I mean? And like um whether I did or not, I don't know, it was real it's to me. Silent Hill man. throwback, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so for for me, I honestly all the political stuff went right over my head. All I felt from that album was like energy and and like you know anger and like in and, and and not anger for anger's sake. Like I'm mad, I'm gonna punch a wall, but anger of like this is what's going on, man. This is and I'm gonna express this and like I felt that energy. I skateboarded to that album all the time. Yeah. And then uh, so that was like rock. And then um, my uncle gave me and uh, introduced me to this guy called Aphex Twin. Which is yeah. uh, Richard James, I think is his actual name, but he records under Aphex Twin. He had an album call, come out called Window Liquor. It was a three-song EP, uh-huh. and I had never heard electronic. Again, you, you remember where I said I lived and stuff. I'd never heard electronic music before, no. and so for, got electricity for, for, for Window Liquor, it, listeners, if you've never heard this song, whether you like the genre or not, everybody should hear this song because. You'll be like, this came out in 1999, and you'll realize how much music has been influenced by this for... What was it called? Window Liquor. Window Liquor was the album was and the, the song. And the song, yeah. And uh, um, and you'll realize how, how many people he influenced and just the sounds he was making. And uh, and actually, if you've ever seen Grandma's Boy, um, the, the, the part where he's like sitting way back with the eight monitors and he's... And the guy mm-hmm. walks in to give him some feedback on the game. He's playing the very end of Window Liquor, that heavy like bass, like, 
different. And and the whole song is not like that. The whole song is very cool and melodic. But the very end is this heavy, heavy bass and uh, really dark energy. And uh, that's what he's listening to. So you've heard part of it. If you've so ever there seen you go. If you've ever seen Grammar's Boy, you've heard at but least dude, a part of it. That's what 1999 means to me. And you know what's interesting was 99 was like leading up to the, leading up to, um, uh, uh, Y2K. That's Obviously, right. you can't forget Y2K. And I know if Greg was here, he would tell stories about how he would hang out with uh, our listener. Our listener, mm-hmm. Pick and Flick, mm-hmm. was really prepared for Y2K. He had really? all kinds of big soups, big big cans of soups and stuff uh-huh. ready for, for Y2K and different things like that. So shout out to our listener, Pick and Flick. He's a great guy. And um, I know Greg, yeah, would, was hanging out with him and uh, I guess working at restaurants and different things like that with him and playing chess and in 99 I remember uh, the rollover from 99 into 2000 everyone was expecting something to happen nothing happened of nope, course nope. I remember watching you remember the um, with Jeff Goldblum the Godzilla movie oh yeah that's the movie yeah. I was watching they were playing it on TV because it had already come out a couple years mm-hmm. ago and they had they were playing it on TV the night and that was the first night the first year I actually got to stay up and watch the ball drop was uh, go moving into the new millennium so check that out that is 99. Thanks for 99. That was a that was a great 99. Thank you for 99ing us. I almost felt like I was walking down memory lane with you. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys letting me talk about it. This episode is sponsored by Mr. Oxy's Dr. Lean. Did you know there is no better way to stay calm and relaxed? Studies have shown that households that buy Mr. Oxy's Dr. Lean have a 3% lower incidence of domestic violence. I can say it saved my wife more than once. With its crisp, bubbly taste and full opiate profile, you just can't say no to a Mr. Oxy's Dr. Lean. A Popco brand. Millennial Book Club. Millennial Book Club. Centennial Hook Rub. Centennial Hook Rub. Mm-hmm. Justin coming in with the intro for the Millennial Book Club, everybody. This is the MBC, the Millennial Book Club segment, or AKA Just Watching Netflix where we choose a Netflix original to watch and then you guys watch it and then the next week and then and then you come back to the next episode and we discuss it cuz that's that's what a book club is that's how it works and if you ever want to write in to the book club please you could do that cuz we love to read we don't get a lot of people writing in and you know what I'm comfortable saying that Justin I'm comfortable saying that we don't get a lot of people writing in, but one day... Look, I know I've never written in, okay? Is that what this is about? This is, I brought you here today. I This whole thing is a very yeah. elaborate ruse just to go, why don't you write us? Yeah. No, I why don't you? you? We, um, yeah, yeah, so we, we don't get a lot of people. You know what? The community is here. We, we're building it. We're building it, and, and they'll come. That's what we want. We That's just want right. people to be incorporated. We want them to feel comfortable that they can write to us, and they know that we're listening and that we, we want to respond and stuff. But, so if you do that, if you guys ever, you know, you watch the show, even if you watch one from a past episode, you're like, hey, I just now watched, uh, let's see, what's one that we did in the past? 
Dude, I, I honestly can't recall. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. What was that? You guys talked about one where this guy sold a bunch of cocaine and went to prison. Yeah, Cocaine Island. Yeah, Cocaine, was it Island? cocaine Island. Yeah. What's the other? Cocaine one? Island was it? Yeah. Um, I can't remember. What was that? The one that won all the Oscars, the black and white one that was filmed in Mexico. Oh my God, that's so fun. There's people right now, and we'll get it. We will get emails about this. Yeah. Because this is the only thing that people email in about. It's when we can't think of something. Yeah. And then they go, it was at, eh, and then yeah. they'll email in. Well, email. nice. All right, we'll generate an email. We'll generate an email <laughs> that way. Uh, yeah, send in whatever it is, and you can send it to roadsodamail at gmail.com, yeah. and we'll read it. We like to read it on the air. And when you do, also send us your uh, mailing address so that we can send you a postcard. And. Uh, that would be absolutely great. Justin, I just realized that you don't have any postcards from us. I don't have any postcards for a very specific reason. Why? Because are we are such good friends. I did not want to write in and be like, where's my postcard? No, dude. I We are such good friends. Yeah, and now we are such good friends. You should have the postcard. Like, I, I'm, I can't believe that I haven't already given you. Like, you should be the first, like... Postcard I recipient. Yes, yeah, I can't. Right. Well, it's so, like, there, dude. Uh, I think I have one from when you were on the AT somewhere in my, oh, I don't even have my bookshelf in here anymore. Yeah. Somewhere in my. Because the postcards, yeah, the postcards were, like, kind of this rethink. But we have, like, very nice uh, personal ones made. Does, by it, does it look like the artwork, similar to similar. the artwork? Yes, that's where I pulled it from. All right, all right. That is, in fact, so he, he did that, and then there's a whole background to it, mm -hmm. and I pulled it. So that's a little hint for what it looks like. But yes, uh, that is what it looks like. And then there's also another one for the Millennial Book Club, and I completely meant to bring all that stuff today. I just got, like, because my son sleeps in the room, mm -hmm. and so I uh, had to, once he got picked up, then I rushed in and got everything, and I just forgot to grab some stuff. So... But you will have these books. Okay. Okay. Anyway, everybody, let's get into now this. Now that we've cleared the air. Now I've never written the in, and I also don't have a, note, uh, a postcard. So uh, okay. Well, you'll have all these postcards. And anyone else can have these postcards, too. If you send your mailing address, you get the one that we just sent out and the, and the one for the Millennial Book Club. Mm -hmm. uh, so this Millennial Book Club, if anyone watched it, was Instant Hotel. And guess what? Because Justin is such a badass mofucka, he also watched Instant Hotel. Teams of Australian homeowners compete for the title of Best Instant Hotel by staying overnight in each other's rentals and rating their experience. Yeah. So let me ask you a question okay. real quick. Okay. Just right before on, we yeah. even get into what the show is actually about, when you hear the title Instant Hotel, what did you think of? Instant hotel. Honestly, I, 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 I just instant hotel. I don't know. Yeah. What did you think? So my, in my mind's eye, I thought this was going to be some sort of like survival show where they right. were like, all right, you know, this is a newlywed couple. We're going to drop you in the Australian outback right. and you have to, and your in-laws are coming and you have to create an instant hotel for them to stay in for a night. Quick. We need a spa. Yeah, we, we need a spa. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. We're be so... I was disappointed. <laughs> I was disappointed. So it because not, it didn't meet that expectation. Right. No. Uh, and here's here's the other thing. I got here today, and I was like, uh, so Justin, did you did you watch it? Because if you didn't, what we I was just gonna take the Millennial Book Club segment and then release it as its own thing, like mm -hmm. next week. We've done that uh, once or twice before, and. Um, but I so was that's committed. What, yeah, you were committed, and which is fucking awesome. And I, mm -hmm. I was like, so did you watch it? And you're like, I did. I actually watched like six of them. Mm -hmm. And then 
come to find out that you watched season one. six of season one, right, and right. that is completely yeah. my fault because I didn't even think that there was two seasons. And the reason it came up on our feed and the reason we chose it, it was because I guess the second season was just released. That's, that's right. So it's new, yeah. and and uh, also I think that it was uh, from what I understand, it was like Channel Seven in Australia. Uh, really? Did the first season. Oh, so now. So now Netflix is doing. Now it, Netflix. So only yeah, the second yeah. season is technically an original. Uh, to the best of my knowledge. So this might yeah. not even be an original at all. I don't. I yeah. So I think, are you some kind of inside <laughs> sleeper cell that's trying to tear this thing down yes. from the inside? Yeah. Are you I, trying to destroy I hope the, this is the last episode? You trying to destroy our our what we're doing? Okay, I thought it was. I didn't understand how it was going to be. I didn't understand, honestly. Like, <laughs> like that, <laughs> that is what I was doing. Like, when I saw Instant Hotel, mm-hmm. I was thinking, um, what the fuck is it? Like, what what even is it? And then when I read it and it said it was like a game show mm-hmm. and, like, it's a, con- a contest. I'm like, how is this a contest? How, do you, how are you competing? But it's really cool, actually, because, you know, we live in this era where... Uh, everything can be like modulated by like it's the gig economy. It's the gig economy. The Is that what they economy. call it? Oh, like yeah. everybody had he adjusted his glasses yeah. ever so. Yeah, <laughs> that would go along with yeah. that comment. Yeah, that's where it comes into like you know, and I, I don't I don't want to go too off topic, but no, you, you have people. Um, um, recently, I ordered something from a store, and they I I I had got my wisdom teeth out, so I wasn't able to leave. And a, so they did same day delivery, uh-huh. and the person who showed up had an Uber sticker on their car, uh, as well as, like, a Bite Squad thing. So they were doing, like, food delivery. Uh, Bite Squad is a food delivery service. Um, uh, Uber is, obviously, everybody knows what Uber is. And and she was also doing a, like, um, what's the word? It starts with a C uh, where you, not concierge. Are you uh, sure? There's like they have like task services like yeah task yeah, grab, but, but it's you, not concierge. concierge? It's sure? another word um, I can't think of. But anyways, so that's what she had three jobs, and it was like this and is what she does. So when they when this one is slow and there's no rides, then she goes for this, and when it's dinner time, she goes to bike. Yeah, squad. and if she had a pickup truck, she could be loading furniture. Yeah. I just noticed for that, real. Yeah, on on Craigslist, there's people that are uh, there's a company that's just doing pickup trucks. So it's like it's it's the same thing. Uh, where like they're just renting out someone's time with a pickup truck. So you right. need like a couch moved and you don't want to rent that. You show up with a pickup truck, you load the couch on and then move it for them. Sure. Yeah. So um, it, it, it is, it's it's a very interesting time we live in because it's not that we couldn't do these things before. It's not that bed and breakfasts didn't exist before, but now we have accessibility to the directory that anybody can put themselves both ends can like the the person who has something and the person who wants something can yeah. can meet more readily in and the middle it's also uh it's way easier to hold people accountable mm-hmm. right like if you sign up for one of these services you're rated right and yeah. and your your price is the it's interesting because the prices are self-regulated by the region right. and like if your price is too high you're not going to get rented it's going right? to modulate itself on its own yeah so yeah. it's like these really interesting cells um i only know you know a friend of mine has a bed and breakfast here in sarasota and what she's able to charge because she's near the water is much different than the people who are more where i am which is about yeah. five miles or ten miles yeah you, water, you know? exactly because yeah. you honestly couldn't you couldn't just set a rate whatever of course you could say i want a thousand dollars a night there's nothing stopping you from doing that but that's right no one's gonna 
go, someone's going to go right down the street or a block away for the hundred dollars mm-hmm. a night or whatever it is. So yeah, yeah it's all self-regulated. It's, it's brilliant. And so that's actually what the show is, is these people that have, I guess, essentially these Airbnbs that mm-hmm. they're, they are their, uh, bed and breakfast is so it should be like instant bed and breakfast is mm-hmm. kind of what it is but they these these people's homes uh these hotel and that they're using as like um stay like hostels or bed and breakfast and airbnb whatever they want to call it i guess they probably have to stay away from that you know word i was gonna say i i meant to google it i wonder if instant hotel is the like they're maybe the Australian local version of Airbnb, but maybe I thought Airbnb is. was it's, international. I believe it is. So yeah, maybe Airbnb, they just maybe so they can't it. say yeah, yeah. instant hotel because what do you what do you call this now? What do you call that now? Um, you know, like rideshare mm-hmm. is what you call, but it's it's like the difference between uh, soda and Coke. Like everything is in a right, Coke, right? And so uh, with with uh, everything is in Uber, they're just rideshares now. So what do you call Airbnbs? Instant <clears throat> hotels, right? That makes sense. It's a good name. I think it is. Yeah. And this this show, I I have a fondness. Th- this show tickled a number of different things. I mean, it's really funny because we're coming off a sh- uh, um, I don't know if you listen if if you listened to the last episode where we did. Uh, no, I did okay, not. Okay, which is completely okay because I feel like you may not have done this episode. Are you a Radiohead fan? Yeah. So. Yeah. No, but I, it's okay. Okay. So we did on the last episode, the NBC was uh, Anima. Okay. And Anima is a, uh, uh, was a 15 minute short that they put on uh, Netflix, Netflix original, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh-huh. And is that PTA? Yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson uh, and Stalling, starring Tom York. Mm-hmm. And it was all using music from Tom York's new... From his solo stuff. His new album. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's his brand new album that's coming mm-hmm. out. And it's just like a long 15-minute like music video, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I shit on it the whole time. No, that's okay. <laughs> I see what you're doing. You're, you're shitting on Tom York. That's that's fine. Uh, I, I think In Rainbows is one of my is uh, right. one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, and and so like I, I don't necessarily like every Radiohead album, but In Rainbows particularly is, is one of my favorite albums of all time. So uh but but that's that's not uh, you know Tom that's York's, neither here nor there is yeah. how we like to say that. And so that's my that's I, I'm separating and I'm I'm able to separate the different facets of what's happening here. Like mm-hmm. I'm not anti-radiohead at all of course they make great music and some of their songs are so popular you can't not love them sure uh my problem with anima was uh not that it wasn't well made or not that it wasn't well shot or not any of those things i'm always able to look at it and say this is great cinematography and Mm -hmm. great movement it was like a it was just one long to me when i watched it it was just uh, a 15 minute long high school dance recital oh my god that's what it was to me because it was just it was it was very simplistic. It was I kept uh, trying to get across the point that I felt it was just very basic. I'm like, y- you're not. Well, I don't want to try to open up something else. Um, yeah, I'm not trying to reopen these these deep deep wounds from <laughs> Anima. But uh, the thing is, it's like from from last week's like it's such an artistic, like beautiful piece that they made, and I'm not taking anything away from that. Mm-hmm. But uh, to to this, which is in in a very large way, 
just reality trash television yeah. is, is the category sure. that we're tossing in. But I will tell you right now, 100% of the time, I will choose the reality trash television because it is so much more entertaining. Like, it's not about how it's shot. It's not about the direction. Mm-hmm. It's not about anything. But it, it doesn't matter what it's about because I'm more entertained. I am so much more entertained yeah. by this by this this competition reality TV show. How did you what, how did you feel about it? Because you well, yeah, first what of all, you, I just want to say that you're talking about being more entertained by um uh by reality television. My friend Sean uh bought me <clears throat> some Chuck Chuck Klosterman books because he knew I was gonna be out and so I was reading he talks about reality television and he was talking about how like he likes it and, and he's being like sort of tongue in cheek, but but he's genuinely he loves these things because he was like the music like tells me how to feel mm-hmm. right and these fabricated dramas that are edited right they cut this eye that eye roll could have been from like the first morning when they were out of egos yeah but they they, they edited it to it. put yes. it there to make it look like i was rolling my eyes at something that you had said and it's it is the fabric it's very entertaining it's so i entertaining. try to stay away from it because i feel like it feeds the wrong wolf <laughs> inside me you know um but uh i like that saying feeds the wrong it wolf it feeds yeah. the wrong wolf but that being said i will uh not being a fan of reality tv in general this was um not as painful really yeah it okay. was like it was entertaining I, I feel like a lot of times it's it's un- unnecessarily dramatic yes. and it makes it kind of painful for me to get through you know yeah this was interesting because it is these people's homes yeah, and uh, it's like they 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 live there. It seems I don't know if they live there one hundred percent of the time. They it might have like a second like house to me. Yeah. yeah, and but then they uh, they have it as like a bed and breakfast, and mm-hmm. then people come and rent it out. So mm-hmm. and and what they do is they have these different teams. All everyone has a house, and everyone has um, the bed and breakfast, or whatever. And they there's I believe was there five of them on the first season. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah they each take turns staying in each other's house and then they everyone rates each one and mm-hmm. then I guess the person with the highest rating at the end wins a hundred thousand dollars and of course because you're the winner of the show essentially your booking should go up because you're the best right of right? course and you're also you're judged as a guest right which was weird because it was like how clean do you leave the room I was like yo I'm paying you to stay at your hotel like I'll, I'll tidy up I'm not making my bed you make my bed that's they're crazy. judged as a guest they're judged as a guest yeah really when did I because I so so this may be different. maybe it's at the end I think maybe they don't do that until like the you know what I think they replace being judged by a guest on the second season with they have two hosts now that uh-huh. right so they have the woman and the man with who's like mad styling with the suit and the yeah, hat. Yeah, he is really. So his points used to be they were judged as guests. Oh, really? So how 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 neat did you leave that? Yeah, house? I don't think they have that. No, almost. you're right. On now, the second we, season, we there watched was no... an episode of the second season. They didn't do that. Very interesting. See, I like that we have now the perspective yeah, of the yeah. first season. At first, I was like, man, I feel bad, but. Uh, yeah, I don't feel bad anymore because now a, it's a little different. Also, do you want to know what the bummer is for the people in the first season? Do you know yeah. what the prize was in the first season? What was the prize? A, a trip to California to stay in like the top rated Airbnb. Well, how useless. Yeah. Because the hundred thousand season, hundred thousand, which means obviously the first changing. season went well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because now, <laughs> now the hundred thousand dollars is thanks, like, guys. <laughs> exactly. Now the per- the winner of the first season's like yeah, oh, geez. and what was really interesting in the first season uh, was that they had a group of five uh-huh. competed winner, second f- group of five competed with a winner every episode. The- no, oh, no, 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 no. So there were first five episodes was t- this this group of five people, right? 
And then there was a second set of five episodes with an entirely different set of teams. Holy cow. And then the winner from those two teams in the 11th episode went head-to-head for the grand prize. So it was actually, not only was it harder a prize to get, it was a worse prize. So, yeah, bummer. Oh, my gosh. See, yeah. That is... And you had to clean up after yourself. Season one is garbage. (laughs) Season one is garbage, man. Wow. Did you watch all of those? Uh, No, I got to episode six and was like, I think this is probably enough. You only... Yeah. You didn't Mm -hmm. have to watch... The the rule for the Millennial Book Club, anyone, even the people at home, is Mm -hmm. like, uh, I think it's even... If it's like a movie, it only has to be like 20 minutes. Uh, Because some of these things can be, like, unbearable. Mm -hmm. Nobody, you don't kind of force yourself to do that. Dude, I'll tell you the reason to. The reason I got through the first five episodes is there's this dude with a mullet, and I fell in love with him, okay? (laughs) He is, like, he was so authentic. He was so great. At one point, they go to this, it was in, I think it's in the very first episode of season one, they go to this kind of place, similar to the first episode of season two, where it's Uh kind of out in, like, the boonies, as they would say. Yeah, out in the Weird, because everybody was making a whole bunch of Deliverance references. I didn't realize Burt Reynolds was, like, so international right really? like yeah i was like this is australia and they're all like when's the banjos coming in and i was like holy oh cow <laughs> so anyways uh every they go out to this bar mm-hmm. right and this guy is kind of overweight uh probably in his late 50s he's got a, a gray mullet that he's probably always had mm-hmm. and uh no, it's just gray <laughs> right and so what was so amazing about him is a he was just legit authenticity, no insecurity that was discernible, just like, this is how I am, and I like my life, you know? And so they go to this little bar because they're in the boonies, and everybody is so uncomfortable. You know they do the cutaway to the interviews, Uh and everybody's like, oh, my God. And one one of the girls there who was like, you know, kind of like this prissy archetype, and she was Uh like, just beards and tattoos everywhere. And I was like, yo, sister, like... Gross. You know? (laughs) uh, So anyways... This dude, they were there for like 10 minutes, and he was like, well, time to meet the locals. And he just got up and started talking to all these people, drinking beer, shaking their hand like old school, you know, like eye contact. Yeah. And, all right, good to see you. And like moving around all these tables, he was the only person who did that. Right. And it was funny well, when they were talking about... the locals. Yeah. <laughs> and when, they were, when they were talking about it afterwards, he was like, they were like, how, how didn't... Something about one of the, the characters, it might have been the same girl, said something about like how did you feel safe? And he was like, oh, the mullet fits right in, you know? And yeah, I was like, dude, he's making fun of himself but still loves himself. So that's how I got through the first five episodes. That's how you, with that man yeah. holding your hand. That's why, being, yeah, the, he, I got ten minutes into the sixth episode. I was like, nah. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. anymore. Dude, that is so, which he wouldn't be on the sixth episode because it's a second yep, yeah, that's right. group where he's not there. You should yeah. just, that, I miss the mullet guy. Yeah, Dude, yeah. that is, uh, you need those people. There was a guy in the second season when it started mm-hmm. and you said he kind of reminds you of, of the guy the, with the yeah, mullet man. Yeah, that's right. So in the big second mustache one, man. the big mustache, <laughs> yeah. which you also said... Well, this is a fun thing. This is like is a hot dog a sandwich. Right. Because his, uh, he had a mustache, but it went on to his, jaw, his neck and chin and came down. So, so this yeah. is not like Gimli had a mustache that was braided. It also... Fu Manchu'd into a neck beard. Into a neck beard. Yeah, he, it was like a big, like he, like handlebar thing that came all the mm-hmm. way down. And let me just, I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was. I'm not amazing. taking anything away. I just. But is hot it a dog, mustache? Hot dog sandwich. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Is it? Is cereal soup? Is who, it? Who, who knows? I don't is know. It? I don't have one to also throw on. <laughs> <laughs> I should have written it. I don't. Ha- I should. I didn't know we were doing yeah. this, or I would have is, come uh, You know, it's a coyote, a dog. It's like, is a wait, is no, a cat bad. also an airplane? I don't know. You tell me. That's a hard. One. <laughs> is French toast edible? 
I don't know it what we're depends. doing. I don't get the formula. <laughs> I don't get the formula anymore. Um, <laughs> so, so anyhow, right. So, so how did you feel about the the the, the you like the premise of the show? How did you feel that. about the execution? I mean, I don't know how else to how else you would be able to. I, I, it, it's I. The thing I kept thinking about the most when it came to how it functioned, you have competitors rating each other. Mm-hmm. So why is it everyone isn't just going one, one, right. one? Ah, oh, this place sucks. <laughs> this place is full of dirt. Well, it's not. Know, it's yeah. In that same vein, Isaiah, I I really disliked that they gave the scores at the end of every episode. Mm-hmm. And the reason I don't like that is because now I know who's done what, what? right? And, yeah, and now and I'm, can be I'm fourth in line, and I'm like, oh, man, they voted me a seven, so they're getting a six, you know? Yeah. It just So I agree that the competitors it voting... Was, yeah. yeah, it was very weird. It was very weird, and because and, uh, in the first episode of the second season, uh, they were in this place called The Dugout, and it is in Cooper Petey, which <laughs> is in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's like, I, I think it, it's got to be close to, like, the Ayers Rock area, where it's just out, yeah. out back, yeah. it's arid, nothing there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's an opal mine country where there's just nothing but opal mines. And this that's what this thing is. It used to be an opal mine. And uh, now they've moved in and, and it's a house. Mm-hmm. So it's like underground, which is great for like temperature and cooling and everything. And it was a really cool looking place. Um, but this the, one of the guys who's like the probably the oldest dude on the show, but he's like just got a immense amount of plastic surgery like before plastic surgery got good because now it's like good yeah, and it's like sure. kind of but he was like the first one in line and he's got the fucking big <laughs> eyebrows up and like yeah. everything is just yeah. really plastic but he um uh he they they were reading the comments of like right to the people so everyone is is sitting here <laughs> who who commented about your hotel, mm-hmm. and now we're gonna read it to the owner of the hotel. That's right. And they're like, so I don't know what his name was. Um, I can't remember the guy's name with it. It's like, let's say his name's Peter. So Peter said, yeah. "This place is a dust pit." Yeah, right? yeah. it's like Jesus. Like, yeah, yeah, it's right. I said it. <laughs> like they. Uh, <coughs> well, you could tell some people were uncomfortable. They're like, oh, I didn't know we were. Oh, gonna I do didn't this know. That. I thought it was anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was anonymous. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and dude, you you didn't. Uh, so the second episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the that couple called them out. They're all sitting down to dinner, and that couple, the the lady who I and you I fell in love with the with that couple too. That's funny that um, the guy because the guy with the big handlebar mustache yeah. and his wife because they were like the most genuine, real people. They yeah. seemed like you would have the most fun with them. They're constantly laughing. Mm-hmm. Like they went on this out on this outing where they all stood on a, a paddleboard together like one massive paddleboard all the whole team did that's a catastrophe and she fell off because mm-hmm. she was more heavy set she fell off and they were all trying to pull her in but the whole time she wasn't like ups- embarrassed or anything about it they were just laughing yeah. they were having a good time um, but they are sitting down to dinner during the night of like the second episode and she asked them she's like so what do you mean by dust pit like just straight out ask yeah. them like yeah. and, and then of course during the interview she's saying she's like it's not you know, you, you can't just say that about, like, our, our place is not a dust pit. Yeah. Like, you can't say that, our, you know, the whole place is covered in dust and everything because at the end of the day, that's going to affect people from staying from here. the place. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, um, but I'm glad that they called them out. That guy was a pretty, uh, he was a jerk guy. That was the guy that stole the room, the older guy. Yeah, that's right. Yep. You know, in the, in the first season, there was a moment that... Um, 
so remember I told you they were uh, judged as guests. Mm-hmm. So what happened was, um, let me make this extremely brief. There is a, uh, a very like glam fab woman, a uh, single mom uh-huh. who had an Airbnb and it was very weird. Her Airbnb was very... Um, like, Can you explain? Glam okay, fab? just think like I don't know how to explain it. Just think like, like almost like drag, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. so, lots of colors. Um, but but at least in like drag, you know, maybe there's like some some theme, right? right. So so her house was like eighteen drag queens decorated without talking to each other. So there's just like that sounds like a good show. Color vomit. Hey, you got a show there, buddy. I do. Yeah, eighteen drag queens designed all house. named after roads for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> Doctor Fruitville, Miss Beniva, you know. So anyways, um, so. She, every every get they have rules right right when you go to the Airbnb and her yeah. first rule was you must drink a margarita uh, it's, and they have a margarita hour from six to seven and hers is like this big party Airbnb yo mullet man wasn't having it he doesn't like margaritas so he wanted to have a nip yeah and she gave them a six as a guest because out he of wouldn't 10 drink because he wouldn't drink a margarita and That's and what he did have he he had a sip of one when they cheered uh-huh. but. She, the Airbnb owner, the the glam lady, single mom, was late. So uh-huh. she didn't see him take a sip. So she was like, you wouldn't even have a sip. And he's like, oh, I already had a sip, you know. <laughs> and he's like, I did the toast, you I know. I did the and sip and now I'm yeah, drinking Yeah, and now I'm else, drinking like, my nips. And it's like, I can't believe. You didn't drink a And you know what's really it. messed up? I can't tell you because it'll spoil the ending. No, it's fine. Okay, so yeah. they, I, I, I will, they lost by one point to this woman in the end. And it was because of that. So that's probably why they nixed the... So I was very upset. I, I was rooting shit. for Mullet Man the whole time. Mullet Man lost by yeah. one point And objectively speaking, from a crea- creativity standpoint, Mullet Man and his wife had the best Airbnb, too. Really? I'm not, I'm not just saying that because I love Mullet Man. <laughs> I'm not just saying okay? that because I love it that was, guy. It was great. And... Uh, like the it was all Americana theme, like uh-huh. '60s, like pinball machines and Coca-Cola, you know, and right. and uh, the his wife has never been to America, but she's fascinated with that era of Americana culture. Uh-huh. So she wanted to win this competition, not because to prove her Airbnb was the best, but she because wanted, she, her she bucket list trip was to go to America. In California, it's like the place. Yeah. yeah, and so she, like, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about this poor old couple. And they fucking lost because and that bitch would Because ice. he was drinking nips. It's like, dude, if you're telling me some dude in his 50s with a mullet is not allowed to drink whiskey, mm-hmm. what and is you, wrong and with Yeah, you? and you're going to dock him points because yep. he's not drinking your stupid money. So he lost by I took point. a sip. Yeah. Like, what do you want? Yeah. So I was uh, I was emotionally invested in the first five episodes, for sure. That is fascinating. Yeah. I'm so glad that we have that insight now mm-hmm. into the first season. Also, his wife is the one who introduced me to the term mozzie. Mozzie? Yeah, and I'm going to give the listeners a, a moment to try to guess what a mozzie is. Um. Okay. All right. You, you've had your moment. <laughs> she said, oh, I ain't paying $1,000 a night to get eaten alive by mozzies. Right. Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. Yeah, which, which I also would not want to pay $1,000 no. a night to stay somewhere. Which is crazy. You met, you commented about the uh, in the first episode of the second season, they had, uh, it was $420 a night. Yeah. And you're like, uh, already, that is by far the lowest. <laughs> yeah. They're like, because I've I watched, I think, four or five, um, I was going into the fourth episode mm-hmm. on the second season, and... Um, None of them. I think the f- the first one was four twenty. The second one was five something. But they had a three night three night minimum. Oof. So then it came out to be like sixteen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And then 
the uh, the last one was really cheap because it slept eight, and it uh, it was not the last one, but yeah, it was because it was like a big beach, like a little like a beach kind of house. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like that younger couple. It oh was yeah, that yeah, one. yeah. They owned it. it like. That was the first house where the interior designers went in and they're like, we love this place. Like, mm-hmm. they did it. So they, they because um, the second one was like a, the second one was a condo, like up on the beach. It looked like a condo on Siesta Key, like overlooking the water, right. basically, what you would see here. But uh, it was down on um, Golden, was it the... It could be the Golden Coast. Is it Gold? Yeah, Gold yeah. Coast. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. on the Gold Coast. And that's like a high real estate area yes. I learned from watching this show. And, yeah, I yeah. realized it from this mm-hmm. show too. And that was the mom and son team mm-hmm. on the second episode. They had a they had a condo. And from what I gathered from listening, what happened was they basically, the son convinced the mom and dad to take their retirement and purchase this condo as an investment while they would use it as an oh, instant hotel. Oh, man. So that's why he was like, I so want to help why. my mom. <laughs> said, I yeah, want to help, yeah. yeah. it really helped with the, uh, you know, the money would help with the uh, their retirement. So we, yeah. could, we could, dude, I, when I, every time he mentioned that, I started piecing it together. I was like, right, you. Because it seems so altruistic at yeah. first. Yeah. I was like, you like probably convinced him and you, you're feeling a little guilty about mm-hmm, it, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And, um, and you can tell, uh, but I, no matter what, it helps that they're on this show. Even if you don't win, oh, sure. it helps that mm-hmm. you're on this show, you mm-hmm. know, because now we know, like, if I was going to go there, I would know, I would like, I want to stay there. I'm going to look sure. these guys up and try I'm to I'm looking stay. at Mullet Man, honestly. I'm, yeah, if I go to I'm Australia. Go beat this guy, yeah. this Mullet Man guy. Oh, we should man. have our own show where we go to stay at all the instant hotels <laughs> and meet these people. Yeah, it would be like uh, Parts Known, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It'd be uh, Justin and Isaiah's Parts, parts known. known. Yep. People right. have been here. People We're been going here. again. We're going there too. We're all gonna have a good time. Yeah. But um, it was. Uh, I liked it. I liked it. I liked that they took away the um, the where you rate them as guests. But now the two hosts give also right, add right. their rating. But I think that that feedback is more valuable to the per- oh, participants, very. and it makes more sense rather than to be like, "Well, you didn't make your bed, so you get a seven. Fuck you. Yeah. What does I, that have to do with yeah, that? Yeah, it's like <laughs> I wouldn't make my beds anyway. I, I paid you. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, bucks. like, trust me. I'm not. I'm never le- even a hotel. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm not. You know, I travel a lot for work. Who would ever? I stay at hunting lodges and hotels. I never leave a huge mess. But also, like, my towels are in the hamper. Like, I don't uh-huh. carry the hamper to the laundry room. I don't you know also don't saying? wash it. Yeah, I don't wash. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So. Um, and then the only, the only difference is that sometimes, you know, when we're out in like these remote areas, you know, uh, when I'm traveling and we stay at these hunting lodges, they always have like a, a lodge master, right? So it's like this woman who lives near or at the lodge and she cooks breakfast and she cooks dinner. I always offer to help with dishes just yeah. to help. But, but that's, it's a little different it's than a different. hotel, you know, like it's, it's just to kind of show her that you appreciate her, you know? Yeah. And so. the bed and breakfast would be the same yeah. kind of idea too. It's like, yeah, you, if it's different because it's more personal sure, and that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It could totally, totally make sense. But, uh, I guess for the show, maybe it was just like a try kind of thing. They didn't know how it would go. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it fucking went. I'm sure yeah. a lot of people and were it's affected funny, by I that. didn't piece that together until I was complaining about it here. That's probably why is because it's like, you let Mullet Man drink whiskey, you son of a bitch. <laughs> for yeah. one. You let him. Uh, but yeah, on the second one, you're right. That does, uh, they they that advice is much better because they would tell them what they need to do. I think in the second episode, 
the mom and son with mm-hmm. their condo. Beautiful condo. You come in and it's every single room has a massive open view to like the bay and everything. It's just fucking beautiful. But uh, she, you know, like there's something about ladies like moms who get attached to like seashells. An, it's very similar, <laughs> but but like an animal. Oh yeah, and then that animal yeah. becomes like they the, somehow they yeah. become like. Mm-hmm. I had a friend growing up who uh, his mom liked cows, mm-hmm. and so you go to the house and there's just cows everywhere, Dude, like cows. Yeah. Is, or like uh, my grandmother let, and roosters. Yep. There's roosters everywhere. My mom, it's not an animal. It's chili, chili peppers. Really? Her, everything that can be red is red. Her entire kitchen, the things that dangle from the fans are chili peppers. Everything is a chili pepper. Yeah. That's so so it's, the same, it's the same thing. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. Is there some kind of evolutionary biological thing? Like, can we phone someone up and maybe like, yeah, get an we, answer for that? I, I might. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But uh, for this lady, it was uh, wiener dogs. And no. so, and they had that everywhere there were wiener dog pillows statues uh there were there was artwork on the mm-hmm. walls wiener dog everywhere in this in condo you could possibly see a wiener dog there was wiener dogs and the son was like jokingly like Haha, we should kind of get these out of here mm-hmm. and the mom's like what are you talking about i love it it gives a personality he goes i mean just being honest mom i mean if i was here with my friends i mean Okay, we'll leave them. It's fine. Yeah, you know yeah. what? And then, of course, when it comes down to right. the the judges being like, what's with the fucking wiener dog? Everybody was like, is a wiener dog a sandwich? I don't know. <laughs> Can I eat it? Is a, yeah. is a soup a hot dog? Right, I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> so I do want to point out in the first episode, it was weird. That woman also had an attachment to an animal that decorated it? everyone. It was flies. Fly? Oh, yeah. You're right. In the first episode. <laughs> It was flies, dude. That was maddening. You can't. What was yeah. crazy is that, like, when it when the episode first started, I started seeing glimpses of them, and I was like, "Is that fly? Am I, is that was that a fly? Yeah. Is that, is that on or off the yeah, screen? Yeah, exactly. I... Yeah. And then there was one point where they were playing golf, and there was like fourteen in each person's ears. Yes, it oh. was maddening. Like the guy, he had all over their eyes yeah. and just everywhere. Yeah, I've heard about that. About how in these areas in uh, the outback. There's certain times of years where the flies are are maddening. Like mm-hmm. it would just melt your brain and having to like live with them. That was how uh, when when I hiked the AT, it was very difficult. Every every aspect, waking up in the morning till the till night was mm-hmm. very difficult. It was hot. It was cold. There was uphills, downhills. You were hungry. Uh, and everything was constantly un- uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. When I, we got to Massachusetts. And, and everyone would tell you who's been on the Appalachian Trail, uh, New Hampshire's the worst for mosquitoes. Uh, Massachusetts is the worst for mosquitoes. No, no, no. Pennsylvania's the worst for mosquitoes. It's not any one state that's the worst for it's mosquitoes. The time. It's where you were, exactly, yeah. mm-hmm. the time of year. Yep, that's and right. That, we were in Massachusetts when that time of year hit, and I was driven almost to madness. That was the thing, because I had a tent. I was one of the only people in my group that had a tent that wasn't completely enclosed. So when I go to sleep at night, the mosquitoes would just go insane. I had to get, I had to order a bug net and I waited in this town until this bug net was shipped to me. And then uh, I was able to like hang it up inside my tent and pin it to the ground. And it was like, it's just a mosquito net. But dude, it was the one thing that I could not fucking live with. No, I'll say, like, so I, I can't I can't compare to actually having to sleep like a full ten hours with that, but there there are points 
in the summer when we go do vegetation monitoring yeah. where you just uh in texas there are these things called deer flies they're like smaller than horse flies but, but they're similar uh-huh. and they got like little antlers yep <laughs> It was not funny, but it caught me off guard because I had to think about it. Um, uh-huh. I was like, yeah, of course they have antennas. Oh, oh antlers. antlers. I get right. it. Okay. But the, you'll, it's around like between 5 and 7 p.m. during the summer. And there are so many mosquitoes and deer flies that it's literally just useless to swat at them. You just accept that I'm going to be bit. Yeah. And they don't even seem to be phased by bug spray. They're no. just on you. So, you know, obviously we wear like long sleeve shirts and all this stuff and like gloves and boots and everything and a big hat. And uh, but still you just there's a point where you look at your sleeve and these like these Columbia shirts that I wear, like the outdoor, you know, the shirts. That, yeah. Yeah. And um, that are like have the flap on the back to let so, wind come through. Yeah. Yeah. And you look and you're wearing like a maroon shirt and you look and it's black and you're like, oh, that's a lot of bugs. You that know? is, oh yeah. my God. But, um, but again, I, they're, they're rarely biting through it and I didn't have to sleep in it. So uh, I, I can't compare to, to what you went through. But um, Yeah, it was just, it was a, there was a few nights there where it was, it was maddening. I, uh, it was really warm out too and I had my sleeping bag, which was for like minus 13 degrees. That's, you know, it was what it was built for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I would open it up when it was warmer because then it was ventilated, just like a big blanket, but I couldn't do that. I had to have it. I got in it like it was freezing and I cinched it up to my eyeballs. So So I was just sweating my balls because it was the only thing I could do to live with like the, and I would open my eyes and look at the the ceiling of my tent. And it was because the mosquitoes were just going after the CO2 in your breath. They were just like hundreds of them just gathered up in the, in the crack of the the peak of the tent because that's where my breath was gathering. And, uh, I, I, yeah, it was, that's, it was very difficult. It was very difficult because yeah, it fucks with your sleep and yeah. But anyway, yeah. Cooper Petey. Yeah. We call them little bastards. Yeah. And you know, you could tell who the locals were and who weren't because Mm -hmm. the the guys who were locals, uh, when they were on like a feast, they were just drinking beer and just having the flies were just on their face. They're like, Oh yeah. We call them little bastards. You know, just drinking beer. See, you're just, you, you immediately adapted to the flies. (laughs) We were born by them, molded <laughs> yeah, by them. That's right. Uh, but okay, so are you familiar with the rating system for uh, Millennial Book Club? Oh, you know what? I've listened to t- a lot of episodes, but why? For some reason, I'm drawing a blank. So I'm sorry. When we come to the uh, rating system, and that's okay. No apologies, man. I'm uh, the rating system is there's three things. It is uh, must watch. Mm-hmm. You just gotta watch it. Mm-hmm. Second, second oh, one on is, when there's people around. Yeah, yeah watch right, it if it's right. there. Right, it's right. one of those things where it's like, eh, yeah. if someone's like, hey, you want to watch? Whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, if it's there, I'll watch right. it. Right. But I'm not searching it. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is go ride a bike. It's like, to fucking do anything. <laughs> anything else yeah. besides this. Yeah. Don't even waste your time. Do anything else. Uh, and of course, you can get mediums in there. It's not sure. Everything's not uh, black and white. Where would you rate... This one. Here's the thing. Normally, reality television, especially this time. I, I, I forgot to mention that for the first two episodes of this, I was trying to decipher whether or not it was satire. I if thought was this a was a mockumentary. Thing, right. Like, <laughs> I thought this was a, a joke. Like, right. no way this is real. And like that one, because we, we, we did an episode on um, Amer- American Vandal, which is a fake. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, after I, I finally, and, and it was funny because... 
within the first 10 minutes of the first episode, I was like, is this satire? And I made a game with myself where I wasn't going to Google it. And then I watched two episodes. I was still uncertain. And it was really fun. But I Googled it. Because I I had to. I could not. It was fun. um, here's what I'll say. Normally, this is not something that I find entertaining. Um, but uh, I, if I had like some friends over and we were gonna like have some beers, I'd be like, "Dude, let's watch Instant Hotel and let's just like talk trash about the let's you know it, because it's that's... fun." And you know, you said it so perfectly earlier, uh, and I'll just let you you say it. No, yeah, go ahead. It was something about um, these types of shows. No one gets mad at. For you, if I was like, oh, hey, my dog did something weird last week. It's not like I'm watching Stranger Things. I'm like, you shut the fuck up. Shut up. I don't care about your dog right now. I always hated your dog, you know? Yeah. It's it's, it's the perfect space filler. It's the perfect... Those shows are the perfect shows to watch with mm -hmm. friends because you can discuss them. You can talk either about the show or about something else. Yep. And no one gets upset. And whenever, like... Something triggers something in you. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, my aunt used to have a place like this, and we talk about this, and now we've right. drifted away. And then, whenever the conversation stops, you, you don't have back to, to awkwardly, this. yeah, you yeah, don't have to sit there and awkwardly think of something else. Right, right. You just turn back, back towards to the, the television. Oh, it's great. And you're like, oh, fucking yeah. Mullet Man's doing something awesome again. Yeah, and you could ease this game if if you're into it. Uh, it's been, you know, many, many years since I've I've done something like this. It is begging for a drinking game. It, it is begging for is a drinking game. game. Yeah. Is it, every time you yeah. swat a fly, <laughs> <laughs> Drink a fucking in the first episode. Everybody dies of alcohol. Everybody <laughs> exactly. Uh, I so where where do you think you would uh, I, so put the it? second watch if it's there? Watch if it's there. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. put it in the same place. Yeah, watch it. This is a firm watch if it's there. Uh, I don't know if I would necessarily, uh, you know, jump out and, and like go watch the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I'm you know with a group of people, like you said, this is very very well might put this on because it's just such a great centerpiece for conversation you could talk about the hotel mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. it's just a fun show like that it's fun it's not like uh, some brilliant masterpiece you know sure. but that's not what this is about it's just you know w- is it watchable is it fun mm-hmm. watch it if it's there I put it in the same place so next week next week's episode we chose to watch uh oh I'm in the wrong place to do this we chose to watch it's, this one's going to be a movie. We haven't done a movie in a while. Uh, but this one is going to be Wine Country. Oh, yeah. Which is rated R. It just came out. It's an I'm an 89% match for it. I wonder what uh, Greg is probably 100% because it's a chick flick. Mm-hmm. Uh, when <laughs> That was a pot shot at Greg. It was a, little, <laughs> it was a really good one. <laughs> It was not a good I, I assume you were trying to say like because his wife shares his Netflix accounts. Like because you know my my, you gave my him the Netflix, benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah, my Netflix is ruined because my friend John uses it and my wife uses it. It's, it's ruined. Just, like, it's ruined. <laughs> like, I, I get recommended stuff all the time. I swear I don't watch. Yeah. Uh, so when uh, when longtime friends meet up for a wine soaked birthday getaway in Napa Valley, their perfectly planned weekend turns messier by the minute. I almost <sighs> didn't know how to read. Uh, that word messier but yeah it just looks like a fun movie it's got an all uh, you know female cast it's kind of like grown ups but yeah. with females yeah it's got uh, Maya Rudolph it's yeah. got Tina Fey and it's got Amy. Amy Poehler those are the three that stood out to me and I, I, I like all their stuff you know Maya Rudolph just did that series on Amazon with uh, Fred Armiston um, Forever which yeah. was excellent Yeah, uh, very, I think it's only like seven or eight episodes and it's very very good cerebral kind of like what is life what is, is death is that on, on it's Netflix on, it's on Amazon Prime but I just mean she is that, she is uh, something that I, I I appreciate she's an actress I can't believe I you would even bring that up I am so sorry <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry oh my gosh yeah. but Awesome. That was uh, a great 
Millennial Book Club, I can't. I thank you again uh, for doing the podcast, and thank you for the Millennial Book Club segment. Man, that was we got through it. I'm Greg, and I'm Isaiah. This is a PSA for racial slur awareness. We want to take a moment to educate everyone about racial slurs. But not your run-of-the-mill racial slurs, everyday things you say that you may not know are offensive. Be careful when saying words like yellowbone, which is a light-skinned black person, hunk or hunky, an Eastern European middle-class worker. And if you have a friend named Charlie, you need to tell him his name is horribly offensive to the Vietnamese. Coconut, apple, banana used to describe people of different ethnicities who act white color on the outside white on the inside very offensive clog jockey disco jockey scotch jockey jerky jockey horse jockey any word combined with jockey racist don't say it now that you're armed with this information you are sure to not offend anyone from the guys at road soda thank you so justin not Timberlake, but Mitchell. Nobody would ever. Mm-hmm. Has anyone ever, ever? So Professor Charles, um, you, when yeah. I very first started, called me Timberlake. Timberlake. Yeah, because yeah. you know he always gives just low. White it's, it's just yeah. low blows. And then, um, <laughs> and then I was Blondie for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but now uh, there is a young Blondie. There's a new Blondie. So who? What are you? I'm Justin. Wow. Yeah. You got your name. I back. got my name back. Isn't that pretty cool? <laughs> like I, I went to the open that. You know, I just got my wisdom <laughs> teeth out. Uh-huh. And uh, um, so I couldn't train jujitsu this morning, but I went to the open mat just to be there and to mm-hmm. hang out. And uh, Charles was there. He's having a shoulder issue, so he wasn't grappling. So I just sat on the – I've known him for a long time now, yeah. you know. And uh, we were sitting there together just talking, just kind of shooting the shit. You know how Charles is, making, like, little jokes. and Charles, yeah. And then um, asking me because he has to get his wisdom teeth out. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. He's, like, you know, 48, and he hasn't got wow. them out. Wow, he doesn't have his wisdom well, teeth out? So anyways, out? so, yeah, we were, so so he was talking to me so directly and formally. And then he said, ah, screw it, I'm going to grapple anyways. He said, Blondie, come here. And I was like, he knows I can't grapple. And I looked, and I, I re- remembered that I'm not blonde anymore. It's this kid. Oh. And, and like he was talking to me. I was Justin. And it was like, yeah, I got now my name Justin. back. Justin. Wow, yeah. you got your name back. Yeah, We're we talking about jujitsu, by the Brazilian way. Jiu-jitsu. Brazilian jujitsu. Yeah, that's jiu-jitsu. right. That's right. And Charles is a, a Brazilian guy. Is like gave probably a steam in his blue belt. Like just an absolute killer. He's and, a killer. Uh, he's amazing. Yeah, he he's, he brought like the culture of of Brazilian jujitsu to Sarasota mm-hmm. and this area. And anyone who does Brazilian jujitsu in and around the state. Probably knows they know, Charles. Yeah, Dos at Anjos, least by name. By name. Yeah, uh, he's a fucking great guy. Mm-hmm. But um, so let's right. you know we, we your guest starring your guest <laughs> uh, hosting on I'm this episode co co hosting because mm-hmm. uh you know Greg was not able to to record with us this week he's got some family in town and whatnot as mm-hmm. we explained at the top of the show but also you know I've I've wanted to have you on the show we have you on the show. A long time ago, before it was Road Soda. Sure. If people want to dig deep back into the archives, into episode maybe 10, 11, 12, mm-hmm. I think you might be in there somewhere. And um, you were living in a different place at the time, mm-hmm. and you had a different job, and mm-hmm. things were different, and this was many years ago. But um, I've never gotten to actually interview someone who has such a big impact on this podcast specifically, mm-hmm. and of course on my life. We haven't been able to interview you just in general. And so I I talk to people so candidly about your, from my understanding, your experience with music. I always say I have this friend and uh, he 
he's he taught himself how to play guitar. Uh, he bought books from Berkeley, mm-hmm. music music theory books, and mm-hmm. he read them to, and understood them, and then uh, taught himself how to play to the point where he was then uh, manager of a music store and also teaching other people how to make music. Yeah. So uh, really, really had a grasp and understanding self-taught. Dude, why, when did you pick up the guitar? Like, what'd you, what, what started you in, in the music pl- um, making and all that kind of stuff? So I was, um, I was 19, mm-hmm. uh, maybe 18. We'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was 18. I was just about to turn 19. And um, my parents had moved to Missouri uh, mm-hmm. when I was about 17. <clears throat> and I never lived anywhere longer than a year in my whole life. So when I came to Sarasota, I had been here for three years at that time. And so this is home. As close as it's ever been. Uh-huh. And my mom just cried a bunch. And it was the first time that I, it was also a big learning about not being a people pleaser, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to go to Missouri. I want to be here. Uh-huh. And I actually, a lot of people don't know this. I don't know if you know this, but I dropped out of high school. Um, I, I vaguely do. Yeah, you, I did. I dropped out of high school and I went to work and I got my GED at night, but I just wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's not a great decision, but it's my decision. Well, I guess made. what? Who just got what, what What degree did you just get? Uh, I have a bachelor's degree and my major was geospatial sciences and my minor was in soil and water sciences from the University of Florida. So uh, yeah. from the guy that dropped out of high yeah. school. So you that's know, right. I, are you saying that's a bad decision? Well, I don't. I think it, yeah, that's all I, relative. So so I had dropped out of high school. I was a uh, delivery driver for this place called Wings and Weenies, and uh, uh-huh. off of uh, Fruitville Road. I and, remember that place. Yeah, and so it was a cool gig. You know, um, I didn't have to be in there super early, and I drove around. And at the time, gas wasn't super expensive, so um, I got like you know, to me, um, I got like a dollar a delivery for gas money. I was like, sweet, I make 50 bucks a night just on gas money plus tips. Like, what's mm-hmm. up? And then he paid me six or seven bucks an hour, you know? And so anyways, um, the, per- the the situation with the person I was renting a room from was, um, didn't work out. And I've had this happen before where I think that they, I'm just looking for a place to stay and they're looking for a friend. They're mm-hmm. looking for a, a, a roommate, like a, a flatmate, yeah. you know, like yeah. we'll be the odd couple and you'll yeah. do your thing and then I'll do, and I just don't want that. <laughs> I, I don't want I want my own space. I mean, I yeah. And honestly, own. that's one thing that I just have to give my, my wife so much credit for is that she's one of the first people who has understood other than my mother that I just, I just like to be alone more than I like anything. Mm-hmm. And if you give me my space and my time to be me, our time will mean so much more. Cause it's like, I actually want to do this, yeah. you know? So anyways, um, it wasn't working out. My friend John, who I'm still friends with to this day, he was the very first person I met when I moved to Sarasota. Um, we were in middle school and, and, uh, and um, because I had, I had actually failed the eighth grade. I, I didn't do any homework. Uh, so they, they call my mom and they're like, this kid's getting like good grades. I know this sounds like I'm bragging, but I was like getting in like the 90th, 99th percentile on the FCATs. Right. But I was failing my classes. And so they brought my mom and they was like, dude, what's this kid's problem? You know, like what? And I just wasn't doing homework. And of course, you know, my mom wasn't around. She was a single mom mostly. So um, up until, you know, she met my stepdad. So she wasn't there to check on my homework. Uh-huh. And I'm not putting that on her. It was totally me. I was making a decision like homework's not, dumb. Fuck homework. Yeah, I'm going to go skateboard, right? I'm doing Tony the Hawk. school. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had failed eighth grade and John had failed eighth grade. So even though we were both like 
14, turning 15 in the eighth grade, which is normally you turn that on ninth grade. So we were kind of like little outcast and, uh, um, and we played tetherball together the very first day that I was in school. And so that's how I met him. And he lived with his mom, obviously, because he was 17 or 18. That's pretty normal, you know? And so I, I asked her if I could stay there. And so I paid $50 a week to her, uh, to sleep on John's floor. <laughs> and, wow. and, uh, I had to get rid of a lot of my things. What a racket. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know what is so great about Becky? I still love Becky to talk to her because she took all of the money I gave her and she would go to the grocery store and she would make big batches of like homemade mac and cheese, not like craft, but like big batches of mac and cheese, big batches of shepherd's pie. Like I had food in the fridge. Wow. So like she really just wanted, she treated me like her son, but I just, never, yeah ever when i lived there for almost a year mm-hmm. and i never ever felt she was actually cried when i moved out really yeah because i helped around the house i mowed the grass i was grateful you know yeah. and uh um i'm not saying it was easy it was a small house you know and i was sleeping on john's floor and um you know one bathroom four people between john's dad who slept on the couch because it was weird like they were separated and anyway so i i was living in john's couch I didn't have any family around here, and uh, I I had a guitar. I bought a guitar when I was 16 Yeah. and uh, never learned to play it. Mm-hmm. And I one day I was at John's house, and for some reason, I got rid of all these things, and I couldn't bring myself to get rid of this guitar. And it's like, why? Why, right? yeah. why is this still here? And um, I was really depressed, obviously, because um, I think that... I think I'm prone to it, and I also think that my life was not going maybe the way I thought. And and I, you know, you're kind of thinking like maybe I should have moved to Missouri. I'm on a floor, and like, uh, what what am I, what am I doing? What is my purpose? You know, all that kind of stuff. And so, I went into Foats Music off US 41, and uh, I met this guy, and he talked to me a little bit about music, and he's like, oh, there's this book, and uh, you know, you'd really like it, but it's it's a textbook. It's not cheap, and. He showed me where to order it, and I ordered it, and uh, it did not make any sense. Right. And this is kind of like, you know, we had the internet, but it wasn't the same as what it is today, you know? So um, I didn't really, I couldn't really even, like, look this stuff up. Well, plus, I didn't have a computer, you know? I didn't even have a smartphone, right? I had a, a, a pay-by-the-minute you know, pay yeah. flip phone, you know? Right. And so... So I just went through this book and I took it slow and, and if it kind of like a test, if a part was too hard, I skipped ahead and I was like, oh, okay, well this makes sense. And then eventually I could go back to that other stuff. And, you know, I don't think that you have to learn music theory to learn guitar, but I think it's just the way my mind works. I like really getting into things deep. I like to really understand them. And so I started playing guitar and I found out that I just, I just really loved it. And um, eventually I was working at a video game store uh, with John, actually, and uh, um, uh, I had met this woman, and she um, she was getting her hair cut at this place. She was, like, in her 50s, but she was an old bass player. It was, like, weird that we met. And what's so funny is that after she called me this day that she was getting her hair cut, never spoke to her again. Like, I, I, I'm convinced there's a possibility she was a ghost or something, right? right? Like, I swear. Um and and uh, and I don't necessarily believe in paranormal entirely, but like it's it's just crazy to me that I met this old lady who was friends with me and would like come see me at the video game store and was a bass player, and then she gets her haircut at this place next to uh, where this guitar store is opening, and she goes, Justin, they just opened up today, you got to go in there. And so I went up to the guitar store and I uh, played some guitar. I talked to the owner and his wife; they were there. And I asked if they were hiring, and the guy said, uh, I'm just going to do it all myself. 
and I said, um, you know, he I, he had told me he was going to have a grand opening yeah. in, in two weeks because <clears throat> this is a soft opening, you know. And I said, I will work your grand opening for free, like all day. I will help you set up the tents. I will work as much just basically like arrogantly, like just watch me with people. Like I can do this. Like, mm-hmm. And uh, before lunch on grand opening, he was like, my wife says I have to hire you, you know, because she just liked how I was. Dude, this old lady. <laughs> and then I never saw this old lady again, never even spoke to her. Her name was Mary. Yeah, you remember her name. Yeah, her name I was love Mary. that you remember yeah, her name. Her name was Mary, and uh, she was great. <clears throat> and um, so anyways, I worked at the guitar store, and then through there I met my friend Sean, who I still make music with today. And um, I worked there for four or five years before it went out of business. Yeah. And what's so fascinating is that, like, you know, you were asking me earlier about my, my job now. <clears throat> if I hadn't worked at the guitar store, I would have never done what I do now. And it's because we, we sold this particular brand of guitar called Taylor. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were, like, one of the best-selling Taylor dealers in Florida. Yeah. So they flew us out to San Diego to tour the factory. And it's normally kind of like this marketing thing, you know, but Bob Taylor, the CEO and founder of Taylor Guitars happened to be there and he normally doesn't give the tour. And I know this is like so self-serving, like we were so special, but truly this was amazing. Yeah, this is all just like, it's like one serendipity like after another, like this is great. Bob Taylor is walking us through this stuff and they use Ebony. And Mm -hmm. so I was asking him like, Ebony, where do you you get the Ebony? It's it's like, it's kind of a dark trade. Mm -hmm. And he, Excuse me. He established the only, and this might not be true now, but at the time he had the only legal source of ebony that you could get. And he, his, his mill was in Cameroon, Africa. And he said that when he traveled there, he's like, the unemployment rate is 85%, right? Like this is unreal. Like yeah. more, more poverty than you've ever even seen in, in movies, right? Yeah. Like, and it was so real to him. The issue with ebony is that these people were being paid by like Chinese buyers uh-huh. to go out and cut things. And what's the first thing that you think of when you think ebony? Um, a tree, right? But but it's black. Black tree, right? It's not black. It's no. got streaks in it. And uh-huh. I'll pull out one of my guitars before you leave and show you an ebony fretboard with streaks. One in every ten ebony trees is actually black. Is that this is the statistic that I was given, right? So these guys would go out and they're deforesting their own land. Because it's the only way to make money. They cut it down, split it in half, not black, leave it. Next. Cut it, next. So he set up a mill and was like, I want all of it. And so now he's selling all this stuff. And just that idea, that was my first experience with someone who is passionate about people Uh and passionate about the environment and and restoration and, and conservation. And I I came back and enrolled in community college with my GED. And was like, I want to be an environmental scientist. I want to be, I, I want to do this. Holy shit. So if it wasn't for me picking up that guitar, and if it wasn't for me being into music when I was sleeping on John's floor, I right. would have never done this. And so I got a two-year degree from SCF because I was a college dropout, and that's all I could do. So had, yeah. And then um, basically UF had to take, well, they didn't have to take me, but but they, they were no longer allowed to look at me being a college dropout. I had to, they had to look at my test scores and my associate's degree. Which were good. Right. And uh, yeah, and I got good grades in college because I cared, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and You uh, wanted to be there. You were paying right. for yourself to yeah. be there. You wanted to be yeah, there. Yeah, I was yeah. exactly. You to do well. And um, and then this is where it gets really crazy is that I had just gotten into UF and I also got accepted to new college and I was trying to decide which one to go to. And Mandy 
who my wife, who is she's going to be a, a doctor of physical therapy, she got accepted to two schools, one of them being uh, in Tampa, that's half internet learning and half there, and then FGCU, and so which is in Fort Myers. In Fort Myers yeah. So I was like, well, I'm going to have to move a couple hours south. And so had this friend that I met. This is where it gets really crazy. I met this woman named Kat at the guitar store. We had two brick and mortar locations and an online business. So Kat worked in the warehouse that, you know, moved stock to the stores and ships things out that sold online. So I reached out to Kat and I said, uh, hey, I'd like to have breakfast with you and Claire. Claire is her partner. Um, and I said, I'd like to have, have, you know, breakfast with you and Claire. And, uh, uh, you know, Mandy and I might be moving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was like, why are you guys moving? And she could tell that I didn't want to move. Remember, Sarasota is home. Yeah, it's your home now. And um, so I explained to her everything that's going on. And uh, and I, I wasn't happy at my job. Not The guitar store had gone out of business. Um, so I was working, like, at a hardware store um, and making no money. And it, things were really hard. And um, uh, so Kat said, I am working part-time as an office manager for this woman named Pam. Mm-hmm. And Pam is a an environmental scientist, and she does wetland restoration. And uh, I don't want to work there anymore. Environmental consulting is incredibly stressful. It's it's a very hard job, and especially if you're not passionate about it. And right. not that Kat doesn't care about the environment, but she's not a scientist. She's not a scientist. And, yeah, and, she wasn't. And, she, she wasn't she, and it was too much. She really wanted a more laid back job, and she had an opportunity to. Her dad runs some like concrete processing facility and she had the opportunity to just kick back literally just like answer phones be on facebook i'm not saying her job's not hard sometimes but it is like every time i go to visit her she's like hey what's up like i'm just you know very laid back so i went in i interviewed it was a pretty long interview and then i got that job and then i worked there for a while and um i got my degree and i worked there for four years and um pam is an awesome scientist and i think that she's a good person at heart um, we just super did not work well together. Yeah. Um, uh, um, like I really can't say enough good things about her. Um, but you know, she was a micromanager. Um, she also had a lot of anxieties and, and she would take them out on her employees. I was the only employee that lasted longer than probably eight months. Wow. Yeah. So I eventually just couldn't do it anymore. I was really unhappy and I did something crazy. I just put my, I put three weeks in. I was like, I'll go in the field one more time and then I'm done. And then I found another job. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where I work now. So now I work for a company called Stantec. And uh, I am a, uh, I'm a data analyst there for Stantec. Um, uh, what's really cool is that, like, if I want to be in the field, I can be in the field. And if I don't want to be in the field, I don't have to be in the field. You know, I have a lot more freedom. And because yeah. they're such a large company, um, like I'm looking at getting my master's degree from the University of Florida in soil and water sciences. And when I do that, then I can move on to being like um, uh, uh, um, different types of uh, scientists there, right? Like, yeah. so they actually have like soil scientists specifically. They have wetland scientists specifically. They have, you know, these... So, um, so now I'm a data analyst. I work for their, their department of, um, uh, it's called, so they have these things called BCs. It stands for business center. These, they have like 22,000 employees, very large. So they separate things into BCs and, and I am part of the environmental and water group for the Gulf and that includes Puerto Rico. So I do a lot of work in Puerto Rico and a lot of work in Florida and, and Texas and Louisiana and stuff. All the Gulf wetlands. That's right. Yeah. So, um, so that's that. I mean, that's the story about... That's like, the story of Justin, yeah, music. and my job. 
and your job. Mm-hmm. Now, what today, mm-hmm. when it comes to your, your job, specifically, if you walk into a day on your job, mm-hmm. what do you what do you do? So right now, because I am... Uh, like the first day. Yeah, sorry. Continue. No, it's okay. No, I was just going to say, like, if you walk into work, like, what's the first thing you, you do? In the <laughs> emails, right? Emails, yeah, right? first thing you do is check emails. And then the second thing is, what's really cool about this is I, I do have a direct report. I have someone I report to. But uh, overall, it's kind of like you're almost like a consultant within a big company. So you choose what projects you want to work on. And if you're good to work with, other people will choose you to work on their projects. So what's really cool about moving to this job is that now not only am I a part of like some of these restoration stuff, but I'm also a part of like urban development, which is really cool because it's actually really sparked something in me that I might want to move in that direction because I feel like now that I've met people who are into development, um, I realize like it's rough. And, and they just don't, they just don't care. A lot of them just don't. And I used to think like, nobody just doesn't care. And n- people just legitimately are like, level it. So I've been really interested <laughs> because of this job of getting into urban planning and being kind of like an advocate for preserving wetlands and an advocate for preserving green spaces and an advocate for, for developing in a way that's not going to make the place that now I call home uh, look like every other city. Level it. Yeah, exactly. So Building taller, bigger, right. faster. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of what I do, I use this program called GIS, which is a spatial, it's just think of like Google Maps or Google Earth, but but uh, you can use um, Python or Java or Arcade. You can use programming um, to tell it to do all types of uh, geospatial uh, analysis, right? So I do a lot of aerial photo interpretation. Um, we go out into the field uh, and we collect data and then I, I um, present it spatially. Like I make a lot of maps um, and I also make a lot of tables and, and things like that. And I think sometimes, you know, it may sound boring, but man, I love spreadsheets. I love data. <laughs> I love databases. Like, I love and, a good and spreadsheet. And that's why I love my boss. My boss is this guy named Nick. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Getaways. Everyone knows Waze, the crazy smart GPS app that guides millions to work around traffic and speed traps. Well now from the same people, Getaways. Ex-wife, current wife, bank robbery, insurance fraud, dead hooker, whatever your reason is, we can help you get away. Give us an idea of the amount of trouble you're in and where you're trying to get to, and our specialists will help craft an all-inclusive getaway to avoid child support, get to the woods, or even get to Mexico, including everything you need from a gun to a new identity to safe houses along the way. Getaways Premium will even help you get lined up with dirty cops and crooked judges to make sure you stay on the right side of those prison bars. If you need to disappear fast, we've got you covered. Don't get arrested. Getaways. And he is just as excited about data as I am. And it's like, it's fun to, it's problem solving is what it is. Every day you, I go to work and there is a problem and there's not an answer. Mm -hmm. If there was an answer, they wouldn't need me, right? Like if you could Google it. So it's about, and sometimes what's really fun is it's not about figuring out how to solve this problem. It's about like backing it up too, Mm -hmm. you know, and saying like, this is my methodology. This is why I think it is the way it is. And, and, and it may not be the right answer. There might not be a right answer, right? Right. And so it's like, that's what's fun about statistics. You know, it's like you can kind of manipulate this data, which which I, I don't, I, I try not to do. I really try to be objective. But, um, 
you know, it's just, it's fun. So that's a lot of what I do is, is you know, analyze data. Data analyst. And that is, yeah. where, where in Puerto Rico, like when was the last time you went to? <clears throat> last time I went to Puerto Rico was in um, April, I oh. think. Yeah. And what they're doing right now is actually, uh, actually, I just, I can't, I have an NDA. I can't talk about it. I, really? Yeah. I, but basically, what I can say is that like um, when Hurricane Maria came through, um, it impacted a lot of uh, ecosystems. And also when, when the power lines were being rebuilt, the, a lot of ecosystems were impacted. And so we're making an effort to um, uh, restore them and and uh, kind so of. That's an, yeah. I think that's enough. Yeah, I mean you, you have an NDA. I don't yeah. want to get you in trouble. No, that's that's fine. That. I, I feel comfortable saying that. Yeah, okay. for sure. That's um, really cool, man. So um, with music, you are. I mean, before I remember the first album that you put together um, mm-hmm. all by yourself. You have all this equipment, all this stuff that you, you do on your own and yeah. make it all your own mm-hmm. was uh, understandably, understandably, understandably absurd. absurd. Yeah. It was your first That's right. uh, album and, that you made. Man, and I did not know what I was doing. I had an acoustic guitar and, and, and like a MIDI keyboard and one like $50 microphone and I just put something together. And it's fun to listen to now because like objectively speaking like the mix is not good and and you know uh uh but it's it was just like i I listen to it still now and even though i laugh at like how far i've come i'm still like man like i did that yeah you you did it it's really like i listen some of the songs in there are like really like yeah it puts you uh, in a feeling they give they make you feel something right and so you know for the listeners it's ambient music uh, a lot of synthesizers a lot of uh guitar and stuff and now where can they find if somebody wanted to listen so actually it's not up it's not up right now so Uh, nobody could find it no nobody could i have to put it up and and i'm i'm releasing an album in november Uh and i'm gonna put the other one up as well but it was it was it costs money to keep it up and okay. uh, so, so to like keep it on all the streaming sites like uh, Spotify and Amazon and all that stuff. So, but is it on? It's not on SoundCloud anymore. No, no, it's not on SoundCloud. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, honestly, I went through a period of despondence where I took everything off. I'm, um, uh, I said it cost money, which is true, but also I went through a period of despondence where I just I hated myself and I hated everything I had made and I stripped everything off the internet and I didn't want to look at an instrument. Wow. So. I mean that's just the the truth. I, I yeah, yeah yeah. I didn't so, know that. Didn't yeah, know. so now I'm 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 back. The past like two. He's years. back, baby. Yeah, so I'm back. Probably baby. the past three years, yeah. I've been back into making music and making music with Sean, and I've been working on an album. And like I said, I'm gonna release it in November, and uh, I feel really good about this because I think that what it was more than anything was a journey of like finding myself and then being okay with that, right? Mm-hmm. Like listening to music and listening to other stuff and being like man, well, mine's not good compared to that, or mine is less this than that, or mine is more this than that, right? And all yeah. these things. Quit measuring up. Yeah, overcoming that and mm-hmm. being like, well, this is just this is just me. This you is know? just Yeah, style. and also just making it because I feel like it, it needs to be made. Like, it's inside, and, and I'm, I'm writing these songs, and there's no reason to not put it out there, right? Like, I think I had this idea that it had to be, like, what is success? Mm-hmm. And, and now, like, my frame is different, right? Like, now I'm, I'm like, I, I for talking about my first album, I was like, I made that, you right. know? Like, so that is success because I, I, I did that. And um, so I think that now um, my music is more authentic than it's ever been in it. And it feels good to make it. Like, I'm having fun. You know, I remember I told you when I first got moved to this house mm-hmm. and I have what we're recording in now, my, my music room, and it's all sound treated and everything. And it's like... It was the first time in so long that I just made music just to make sound, yeah. you know, just to explore sounds and, 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 and experiment and have fun and, and smile, you know, and, and uh, so 
so yeah, that was that was part of the journey too, you know. I'm glad. And so you have a you have an album coming out in November. November, that you're yeah. To have November everything. is that's whenever I I want to put it all out. Um, yeah. And where what it, what it, do you have any names or anything for what people can? Yeah, yeah. So my how the, about this? How about in yeah. November will you come back? And talk about it, and then we can put up. But what do you? What were you gonna? So I mean, my my moniker that I record under is Search Find Search because uh-huh. I feel like that is like just the nature of my life. I am searching for something. I have found it, and now I'm you search searching again. again because it's not it, or because it, it inspired me to just look for something it's a else. Cycle. It, yeah. I, so I feel like Search Find Search. That name really encapsulates like the cycle of my existence or probably most people's right yeah, yeah you just and, have the uh, words on it i like that yeah and then the um the the album that i'm putting together it's only seven songs long and it's called rove and i, I found this word rove is this it's it's i like it because it's one syllable and and it basically just means to wander and i, I believe it means just to wander aimlessly uh-huh. but it reminds me of like what i was saying earlier about like making music just to make sound you know yeah. like exper- exploring exploring just for the sake of without exploring. yeah without a goal i'm not like I'm not climbing Everest, right? I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm out there. And then Why if I happen that? to end up on Everest, that's cool too, you know, but that's not, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not a purpose. It's not a competition. It is an experience. It's a journey. And so I really like identified with that word rove. So that's the album. I like that, man. And that's going to be the name of that. So whenever it comes out, everyone will have you back on the podcast. That'd be, that'd be fucking awesome. And then you can talk about rove and, um, also, if anyone, uh, what is what is Sean's stuff? Because I know you do a lot of stuff yeah, with Sean. So, so just Sean, so people have a way to make yeah. Like, so Sean has a YouTube channel. It's uh, YouTube.com slash Sean Daniel twenty three Michael Jordan twenty three. Right? Oh yeah. 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 So um, uh, and he spells Sean S E A S E A N. Yeah, and and um, he has just done amazing he started a youtube channel probably 10 years ago uh-huh. and now it's got like 300,000 subscribers which is fucking awesome he man. teaches a lot of guitar he makes a lot of really good original music and um then he and i do stuff together so which is fucking yeah. awesome so mm-hmm. if anyone wants to kind of peep what sean does and, mm-hmm. and catch a glimpse of justin as well you can see that on sean uh, youtube.com slash sean daniel 23 that's right fuck yeah and um dude what a brilliant story not a lot of people have like it uh earlier in the news segment we had that now people can uh go and if they want to learn how to do a podcast they they can do this class or they can download this thing and Mm -hmm. then they have uh they have people from npr are now uh teaching you the um are now teaching you the podcast or how to do podcast because it's hard man it's hard for a lot of people to to jump in, but a lot of people, if they're gonna jump in, they've already jumped in, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of people uh, they they become too afraid and timid of starting the thing. The thing becomes so daunting, and they build it up to be something that's way bigger than it is. But really, no matter what the journey is, you gotta start from one, mm-hmm. and everyone started from one. Even the best, the best person didn't start. Yeah, you know, slam dunking. They had to like try slam. Dunk. I mean, they might have learned it a little bit quicker, mm-hmm. but you know, everyone starts from somewhere. It's a journey for every fucking human being. Sure, and you got to fucking do it. And if you enjoy doing it, it's not difficult anymore because you're having enjoyment doing it. You start doing it. Yeah, you find fulfillment in it, and the work doesn't become work anymore. You can't use the word work because work almost implies some kind of negative connotation. It's now something that is. It's just doing. 
Because you're just doing it. You know, it. But, and, and that's where, like, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu helped me a lot because it, 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 sets, it helped me develop that mindset to where, like, sometimes it's hard. Mm-hmm. You, sometimes you have nights where you're really good. Sometimes you have months where you're really bad, you know, and, like, it, it just showed me that, like, it really helped me appreciate, like, that you know that journey that journey, mindset yeah. kind of what you're saying like i just just start you're going to be bad for a while and and then you know sometimes it's going to be easier sometimes it's going to be harder but you know just pushing through and just starting just doing it yeah you know? and really trying to wrap your head around having that aspect be the reason why you like it because if you're if you're if you're if it is just a means to an end you're not going to find yourself being fulfilled at any point like, you really have to be doing it because that's the thing. that you, Like, for instance, like, even with this podcast, like, I say it pretty openly about how many people listen to this podcast mm-hmm. or how popular Road Soda is. Like, it's not huge, man. It's not something that, like, and if it, and if that was the reason for us doing it, then it would be a pretty shitty reason. Like, we couldn't be doing it because there's nothing, there's really nothing behind this thing. It's, it's something that we do because there is a great enjoyment in the process in working this and you know there's a lot of people i've spoken to that tell us uh you know if this does become something big it's going to change for you it's going to become something like if it becomes something bigger that people want to listen to all the time it's going to become it's going to become a job for you it's going to become like you do you want to mix your work with your play Mm -hmm. and i know for a lot of people that is a big you know it's a big step it's a big cross uh, a big yeah a big hurdle to overcome like do you do that because then you start to maybe despise the thing that you love before but i think regardless if your initial thing in the very beginning was doing it just for the love of the game when it does when money does become on the line and, it, and you do cross that line mm-hmm. nothing changes Nothing changes. Yeah. Because already from the beginning, you weren't doing it for that reason. You were just doing it. I could be doing this podcast indefinitely until the end. And um, just as long as I'm able to have something, a creating a body of work that I can look back on and say, I'm, I, at least I didn't, at least I wasn't just fucking jacking off and yeah. doing nothing. I made, I was making something. I had something in me and I was getting it out and like creating. It's See, the same thing, this man. This is so this inspiring. Music. Yeah, man. Because this is, this is what I'm I had. To, that's this is really, it's inspiring because this is, <laughs> for real, this is what I had to overcome to, it's, it's so funny because, and this may be like way too much for, for your podcast. You can like, what are you trying to say? No, no, no. Are you trying to say our listeners can't hang on to what you're... No, I'm saying it might be too emotional, like, you know. I don't think so. Take it to play. Who cares, man? That's the thing with this podcast. It's kind of like, it feels a lot like most of what I do is in an effort to be loved. Uh Uh-huh. Right? But then simultaneously not feeling worthy of that love. Right. right. So it's like if I put something out and it's not good, then people maybe they won't love me. Right. And, and this is all like years ago. This is like, you know, mid 20s. What a conundrum. What a, what a catch 22. Right. It's like, so in. I want to put this out here because I want to be loved. But then if, if first of all, if people do love me, they're lying. If right. they say it's good, they're lying because yeah. it's not, I'm, Why? It's how not could, possible. How right. How could it? Yeah. And then also, yeah. So it's like this. Ugh. And so now that I've gotten over that and it, and it's, I've gotten over a, a lot of that. A, I've gotten over the the need to be liked or loved, you know, and and um, you know, I, I've gotten just kind of what you're saying. Like now, in in when I'm 50, maybe I'll have four albums, and then mm-hmm. like, m- you know, my grandkids or my nephews or whatever can be like. We'll be able to look back yeah. and say, you know, your your great grandfather was actually yeah. a, a musician. That's and right. He Here's his stuff, and he that's can listen right. to it. If anything, who if that's what where it all went to in the end. That's right. That's enough. Yeah. 
Because at the end, it was just because if you're not making those things, if you're not fulfilling those aspects of your personality, which is like you need to be creating something, you're not making that music, you're going to be half a Justin. You're going to be a, a, a just, a just, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> and uh, that's, yeah, and, and so that's really what it's about. So if anyone takes anything away from this interview with Mr. Justin Mitchell, mm-hmm. it is that uh, just start from from the beginning like everyone fucking else you're not mm-hmm. just cuz you you picked up the whatever the thing is and you're not the best doesn't fucking matter you got to that's where everyone started yeah um so you, uh, and just do it if it's something you want to do just fucking do it and if you enjoy doing it keep doing it and yeah. and don't stop for any other reason uh unless you don't like doing it so dude thank you so much for thanks for, for listening the to me and, talk man. oh dude I, this is i've learned a, more about Justin just now uh then I mean I've known you for years since you so in that story Close that you were just telling about, you, yeah, yeah. in that story that you were telling I come into the story at about the time when you said you were working at that video game store with that's John right. that's right that's where yeah. I, I jump in I, become, mm-hmm. I make my cameo there that's right because um, that's how we met but um, and I just want to say that you have uh, you and I have one of my favorite relationships because of the you know I have my friends that I share music with, and you're my one of my friends I share like books with mostly. Like you've shown me some of my favorite books of all time, and I like to think that I've done the same for you. Like mm-hmm. you know the, with the Incal uh, and Why the Last Man. You, you know, so. yeah, Why the Last Man yeah. definitely changed my yeah. life. And then from me, I became. You would think the way I make people read Why the Last Man, you would think they fucking paid me. But also, <laughs> the, also just a, a real quick thing. So there, so some of our our listeners, uh, for instance, Grant. Shout out to Grant. He's a great listener. Mm-hmm. Um, he will remember this because he started reading Why the Last Man. Uh, I had, um, what's his name? I had Greg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's his name? I had Greg. <laughs> the other guy. The other guy. I had Greg read Why the Last Man. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I've tallied up how many people in total. I think I believe the number's over 50 now of how many people I've directly gotten to read Why the Last Man because you had me read it. And mm-hmm. it impacted me and made me feel so amazingly and differently about life and it led me on similar to how you're like oh this lady at the the, this lady was -hmm. said uh the store is opening up you got to go down there yeah it's very similar how why the last man affected my life and you know i've 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 made friends with a lot of different people in a a lot of different ways but i've never made friends with some random dude at a at a video game store and made it such a long lasting uh, actual like friendship you know, yeah, absolutely. That is that is uh, that is uh, yeah unheard of uh, in my life. But hey, man, I'll tell you right now. So that's so everyone who's wondering why because with the why the last man thing, this is the man right here yeah. who introduced me to why the last man. And, and I got to throw it to my friend Pat, who you know, he's the one who got. I was working at a comic book store, and yeah. he was the one who I was. Uh, Pat's a great guy. Yeah. So we had subscriptions at the comic book store as a perk for working there. You could have X amount of comics for free as they came out every month. Yeah. And I was literally just like. I think Civil War was going on at the time, so I had like three different comics that were simultaneously doing Civil War. So, um, and then I was like, "What else am I going to put on there?" He's like, "You should put um, Invincible and Why the Last Man." I think were the two that he recommended. And you put Why the Last Man, and then it was all over from there. It was all over from there. Yorick and Amberstand and Amberstand. What a fucking fuck you, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, dude. Thank you so much. Thanks, and everybody, we're, we're, we're going to have him back in November when he um, 
uh, lets his album out. That's right. And then we'll have, uh, maybe we can put a little bit of the music, if you'll let us, on yeah. the show as well. That's another thing we want to do down the line is um, do dives onto SoundCloud and find people that make music that we like. Mm-hmm. And we want to invite them to do a Skype conversation and then also play their music Dude, on, that would be really cool. on the show. Because th- in the end, in the end, the ultimate goal for where they, we want the show content-wise mm-hmm. to be, we or the Envision thing is like, the late night talk show of podcasting. We want it to be a variety show. Mm-hmm. We want it to have little skits here, little skits there. We want it to have a musical guest. We want it to be like an SNL kind of thing where it's like, but more than an SNL, we have interviews. We have, you know, the news segment, just the same way, you know, like SNL is built. Like they have like the fucking weekend update and they've got, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So we just need to incorporate that music aspect. Um, fuck yeah. I think it's really cool, man, because like, People, people. I know I love talking about my music. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And so, yeah, I would love to have people on there. And um, if I have your music, which I do, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I was able to put it onto this episode, um, any would you would you let me? Yeah, actually, I'll send you some stuff. Okay, so yeah. if you could send me like yeah, yeah. A, like a song or two, yeah, that I, I can, that I can play, yeah, um, maybe right after this segment, sure. Then uh, just so people can hear something, that would be yeah, fucking awesome. Yeah, that would be man. cool. Yeah, I'll do that. Thank you so much, uh, yeah, dude. Man. Thank you. was your first episode it's so much easier than everyone else thinks it's mm-hmm. just before you know it you blink and it's done right that's right what did you learn well i learned that if i identify as a german shepherd i can go to a dog grooming place and if they don't wash me i can sue them you can sue them mm-hmm. especially in canada in canada yeah i i learned that you connected with your dad over futurama that's right that's yeah. Not like a funny thing. That's just a very real thing. It is a real thing. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it was very. Th- what else? What else did you? Oh man, what else did I learn? I learned that Australians like to hang out with flies. Do they like it, or <laughs> or are they just like the locals seem really comfortable with it? They do seem really yeah. comfortable. Yeah, you, it does take a se- special. I mean, they call them little bastards, little but bastards. it sounded like a term of endearment. It was like yeah. ah, I love the little, little bastards. bastards yeah. You know, there's yeah, it's uh, I don't know how it's it definitely weeds out a certain weeds out, so you're left with a really certain type of person. <laughs> 
able to withstand mm-hmm. like flies attacking mm-hmm. you constantly. Mm-hmm. Probably someone that's drunk most of the time. He was you know? drinking a beer. He was drinking yeah. a beer. Yeah. <laughs> Which it wasn't a Foster's. Like, is that is that is that racist? legal? Well, I was gonna say is it racist. <laughs> and I was like, what is this fucker doing with a bush? Do they have any? Yeah. yeah. Are you allowed to? Yeah. What do they drink there? Not Foster's, apparently. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So, how did your first episode of of road soda feel well i love listening to myself talk so it felt great so it felt wonderful it was just excellent that's good no it was fun i like the format and uh you know long time listener first time takeover oh i i would love to do more of that i think that'd be a lot of fun yeah takeover kind of thing but um dude i couldn't thank you enough for for filling in for uh greg um and we know and I, love, I, I feel comfortable, and I hope everyone else at home feel comfortable. The last time this happened, do you know who filled in? No. Mom and dad. Really? Uh, my, my, uh, yeah, I, my mom and dad, we, we, that was the time we bumped the Millennial Book Club to uh, another, it was, it was a long time ago. We bumped the Millennial Book Club yeah. to, to release on Wednesday, so we didn't do it. Uh-huh. Because I couldn't, I'm not going to make my parents watch whatever the fuck it was that right, they, right. even if I asked them to they wouldn't do it mm-hmm. and <laughs> so all I did was I said I'm going to sit down with you and I'm going to read these crazy news stories to you and um, and then also talk to you about whatever the number was it was like 46 and I did like people that no it wasn't 46 it was like 70 or something people that died at the at seven, in the age of 70 or whatever <laughs> And, uh, and then your dad's like, oh, yeah, I know. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, that was actually the episode where we we interviewed Summer uh, XXX, the phone sex operator. Oh wait, I I why do I remember that but not your parents? I don't know because they were they were not in the in because we did the um, interview separate yeah. like earlier, and then so when it came to recording the rest of the pieces of the the podcast that we record, yeah, uh, I did it with mom and dad. Interesting. Yeah. So thank you. I, I just everyone the, the podcast will come out regardless, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what. So maybe maybe one day I won't be here, but the podcast will come out regardless, no matter what. So, but thank you so much, man. And I hope everyone had as much fun as we did. Yeah, I hope so too. Any final words, um, dude? There's this really cool poem. Do you want to yeah, hear it? I do. So it says, "Although he does not mindfully keep guard in the mountain valleys." The scarecrow does not stand in vain. Been thinking about that a lot lately. That is a good one. It's great. He's he's doing his job, but he's not doing it. But he's not. He's doing not doing his anything. Job. He doesn't even know what he's doing. Right. But there's no deer. There's no crows. Nope. He's doing a job, whether he knows it or not. Been thinking about that a lot. Where lately. where did you? I feel like I feel. It's a book called The Unfettered Mind, and it's oh. in the same vein as like Hagakure or something. Yeah, and he's like a he's like a uh, a, a scholar. Mm-hmm. And a and a, a priest, I guess, but he used to be a warrior, so obviously. Taquan Soho. That sounds so legit. That is the the author of the Unfettered Mind. Is it really? Taquan Soho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I was gonna say it sounds like him, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I've been thinking about that a lot, thinking about being mindfully mindless, yeah. right, or mindlessly mindful. That is You know, great. breathing. You know, taking that into account in like you know training in the martial arts, and then like in an everyday life, just trying to be more focused on like. You know. Beautiful, man. Yeah, so I like that. That's a great sign-off. Uh, we have a show-wide sign-off that we uh, always try to promote. There's one th- If there's anything we would try to promote with this show, mm-hmm. it's at least this one thing. Mm-hmm. And that is, guys, I, if you're listening to this podcast now and it's late, fucking shut it off and go to bed. Please <laughs> go to bed early. Mm-hmm. 
Just try it out for like two to three nights. Just go to bed early. It'll change your fucking life. It will. It'll change your fucking life.